Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. Welcome to another edition of Storyteller Studio. I'm Liz Wilder, and our guest today is none other than Chuck Doyle. Wow, thanks so much. Hey, I'm so glad you're here, Chuck. Well, thank awesome. you. For it's time for a second sit-down. I know, a second. Right? Yeah. See, this time it's with W-Z-O-K instead of W-R-O-K. I, I came to R-O-K. That was my main goal Let's well, let's talk about what what ZOK really. Uh, it okay. was WROK FM for oh, many years. Oh, okay. Back in the day, what they did was they handed out these FM stations to these AMs. It's like, oh. hey, you got to have this. You got to take take this. And they didn't know what to do with them because <laughs> you know uh, everybody listened to AM radio, and that was the big thing. And what is this FM? But then they figured out FM. You can broadcast stereo. Now let's put music on there and people can receive stereo music. So WROK FM was, uh, and they didn't simulcast. Some places simulcast. Okay. It was a beautiful music. And then they kind of broke it off, I think, for sales reasons. Okay. Let's break this off a little bit. And that's when the call letters changed to WZOK. Do you know about what year it was? Early 70s, something like that. So now they're playing beautiful music, and they're called WZOK. What was it? It was 24 Hours of Sunshine. Oh, my gosh. Serious? 24 Hours of Sunshine. Yeah. WZOK. And that was back in the day when Nick Scott was running the automation. And that's when I came in. And it was automation then? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I came in, and that was when Bob Good was the... yeah. Uh, operations director, and there it was in the hallway, this big automation thing, very intimidating, mm-hmm. reel-to-reels and a cart carousel that yep. spun around and around and around. Yep. And uh, that's when I was in there, but I, I I trained, but I never really started working there. I got shipped off to Freeport for a little bit, and that and I didn't want that, and I ended up back at WLUV doing air shifts till I could get back over to ROK. In the meantime, in 77 or whatever, when they decided to branch off and go to AOR, album-oriented oh. rock, that's when that second part of the building was built. And think about that from a listener's point of view. You're going from 24 hours of sunshine, beautiful music with no announcers, only pre-recorded stuff, to announcers and album-oriented rock. I mean, what a swing. Wow. Correct. Okay, you're, you're naming names, but who was... Morning, who is Middays, who was that uh, on The Rock, if you if can I remember. If I saw that uh, list again. <laughs> uh, 
I've got John Strandon's list, which is very good. I just got off the phone with him yesterday. We talked a little bit about that. Dan Colvey was actually the first program director, and Elise was there, John McRae. There are some other names in there. And by the way, do you know where Elise has recently landed? Elise who? Uh, Godlip, I think, is her real name. I don't know. But Johnson may have been her air name. name. Yeah. Uh, She's been in Richmond, Virginia, where is where Jeff Wicker is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she did radio there for quite some time and got to know all these people from this other radio station over the years. Five of them got back together again and started what's like Sky 7 in, in Phoenix, and it's called The Breeze. And it's Fun. it's very uh, folksy, very smooth, not jazz or anything like that. And they will periodically bring in um, local artists that sort of have that feel to them. And they put on an internet radio station. They they launched it maybe August of last year, something like that. Is it kind of album rock or album? Mm, well, it's... Yeah. Boy. John brought up a good deal because um, she was from the East Coast... And when they started playing music here, album rock, they played a lot of Midwest stuff. And she was able to bring in some East Coast flavor mm-hmm. into the album-oriented rock. Another little note, when the automation was disassembled, a little bit of it went into the room next to the ZOK studio, which was Audrey's room, everybody knew. A, a small carousel and some small reel-to-reels. It was called Fred. Fred? Yes, because they did not staff this thing overnight. They went to the Fred from the board. They could go to Fred, and Fred is an automation. (laughs) But that's hilarious that you would name something Fred on the FM after having Fred Spear on the newsroom for for so long already. Yeah, that's hilarious. I don't know exactly. Did it stand for something? It did. Okay. uh, And that's something John might be able to allude to, but... Um, We're going to have to call a friend. We need Strandon today, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Phone a friend. We do. So anyway, so that was going on, and and that made up the new ZOK. And it shortly superseded the YFE ratings, and they were doing good with album rock. Were they ahead of the curve with beating Y95 to the punch on the AOR, or were they just doing it better? I think they were just doing it better. Okay. I'm not really sure, you know, because I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the time frame of Y95. It seems like Y95 was always around. And AOR. we never listened. I, I mean, I never listened to it. I, I, you know what? As a kid, honestly, uh, every Sunday night at uh, 10 o'clock, they had the shadow on. And as a kid growing up, you know, 13, 14, I would listen to that. And then at 10.30, I'd turn over to WBBM Chicago oh. and listen to the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Oh, oh yes. my. Which I do own that collection, all uh, 1,400 and something shows. I do have that. Really? And it's, and it's available to order through me <laughs> at a small, ridiculous price. $9.99. So I have that, and they're all ridiculous. <laughs> Hyman Brown, the producer, did not release it to be out there so every one of these shows is recorded off the AM radio. You'll hear stuff like uh, WBBM time, and, and, and all the commercials are in there. You know, when you oh. say Budweiser, oh. you shut it all. Now, you know. yeah, I'll tell you oh, what, that's what's fine. really nice about having our 
AT40s out here. We've got some of those programs. And when I put that on, you'll hear those old commercials, those national commercials. And it's hilarious to hear the old Pepsi jingles and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, so, stuff like that. So I'm sure that's just right in and, the same And there's category. some New York stuff. And, nice. Uh, yes, I have all the Casey's too, but oh, I have the clean version. That. I have the clean cuts of them. Oh, do you? Okay. Do you know who your fellow fan is with AT40? Is Johnny Marks. He loves those too? He does. I think he streams them off of a radio station on an app like iHeartRadio okay. out of South Carolina. So he walks his three miles the same time every day. And, and he, he listens, listens to it. And he'll plug it in. And when at is done, then his walk is done. Keep your feet on the ground and yeah. keep reaching for the stars. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I got a letter fun. from a listener who said she is feeling depressed <laughs> until Irene Kara's song came out. Uh, I loved it. It, it. it gave me a great start. That gave me a great start. Well, you know, and that also gave me a bunch of little tidbits that we could use during the week. You know, oh, other well, you know, too. I no, told you, you that really story, think. how yeah. I stole yeah. stuff off of that. Yeah. Because, you know, information wasn't great then. We didn't have an we internet. Didn't have internet, yeah. So if I found out that uh, Brian Adams was born with two thumbs, so, hey, do you know Brian <laughs> Adams had two thumbs? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know. Um, <laughs> or you read something in the People magazine. At yeah, the, uh, yeah, uh, well. Did, I don't think we even had people back then when I was a kid. We oh, didn't no. have any. Well, we've had, we've had people for a long time, Chuck. Has it? We, yeah, we've had people for a long oh, time. Oh, not yeah. magazine. Oh, people. magazine. Okay. All right. Back All right. on the course here. Okay. So uh, <laughs> okay. that's the story of ZOK. Dan Covey. I think John Larson was either the music director or then became PD maybe. But these guys were all up and coming. They were going some places, so they're moving out. Yeah. And a couple of things, just as side notes with what you're talking about. If you're familiar with Joe Larson, who later worked on WROK, Joe is John's younger brother. Correct. Pecatonica raised kids. Exactly. So, so there's one sideline that, that, you know, is a generational thing as far as that goes. And then also when you were talking about WYFE, that was in the middle of a cornfield out on Reed Farm Road. That is which, correct. Which is oh, now a, a main neighborhood. Uh, it's a main thoroughfare yeah. of Perryville and Spring Creek. Oh. Well, you know, back then it was a dairy farm. Now that's turned into a golf course. And right where the radio station is, is now the driving range. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just FYI for people that don't know where it is now. If you think about it, if you look at this too, is WZOK to me was the only licensed FM station to Rockford. Why wouldn't WLUV-FM? WLUV-FM is Loves Park, Illinois. Oh, gotcha. Rockford. Okay. WYFE is Winnebago, Rockford. And WRWC was Rockton. Rockton. And WYBR was Belvedere, Rockford. God, that's very true. So WZOK was the only licensed FM in Rockford, Illinois. Wow. And it got 50,000 watts. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay. YFE is not 50,000 watts. Nope. None of the other ones were 50,000 watts. I'm not sure if, what is the country station now? The country station now, 95.3 The Bull? No, the other one. Uh, WXXQ that used to be in Freeport? Yes. Is that 50,000 watts I now? I think so. Okay. Yeah. But And, and then we're going to call this a tragedy. That was a Freeport station, and when corporations came in, they bought it, moved the stick as far as they could towards Rockford, yep. and moved the studios to Rockford. What good is serving a community 
that you're licensed to when you don't even live in it. And I'm if sure anybody who listens that's working for corporate will, will not agree with me. But corporate has changed the radio game. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think it's fair. And the FCC should have came in and said, no, you're not going to move that out of your community. I mean, even the other one, Winnebago Rockford, is that serving Winnebago? Oh, I guess so. Mm-hmm. And Belvedere, is that serving Belvedere? No, their studios are in Rockford. Their studios are here. They're not serving the community that they're licensed to. Right. He's <laughs> so, down off of his. I mean, you know, soapbox. Yeah. Soap Think box about down, it. Yeah. So, <laughs> that from you. so WZOK had a very strong presence yes. because it had a strong signal. Mm-hmm. That fifty thousand watts went really well. And we've known 50,000-watt radio stations in other communities that just because they've got the blowtorch doesn't mean they've got the management skills and the talent to back it up. So you've got these some radio stations that are blurting out crap. Thank God, with Vern Nolte and the way he backed the radio station in so many ways, ZOK was putting out top-notch stuff, so they used that uh, 50,000 watts very responsibly. Vern Nolte had an engineering background. He didn't come from a sales background. So how this thing is set up is you've got your salespeople wanting something. You've got your operations people wanting something. Okay, it's time to clash each other. It's time to go, I want more commercials. I want more music. I want more commercials. I want more music. Right. Then your general manager would, should come in and be the referee. Mm-hmm. And do the compromising. But a lot of times it's the owner, too, mm-hmm. that would come in and compromise. Well, if we had a sales owner with a sales background, who would win? The sales team. Yeah. Every- but we had an engineering guy. Yeah. All right, we're only going to do this many commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at your time spent listening and you look at that and you go, well, yeah, because we've got too many commercials. Bring it down. Your cumes are up. It was a vicious cycle back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. I had no idea he had an engineering background, but that makes sense now because he invented the cart machine. Yeah, or he invented the segtone. Segtone, I mean, with the cart p- machine. Part of the cart machine. Yeah. So, ZOK, here it is running along. Uh, Tom Hunter now is the program director. What they're looking at is, I think this is the time Mr. Nolte wanted to buy Cablevision, so I was told, and he was going to slim down you know, cut everything up to look like his station was mm. doing, you know, get rid of access people and stuff. But at the same time, they said, you know, music on AM is not going places very well. And Vern knew it. And they knew it. Oh. So Tommy Hunter, I, I heard, brought into, we're going towards top 40. This is the future of this station. WROK was top 40. Oh, okay. yeah. WZOK was album rock. WZOK will head towards top 40. I got so, okay. And WROK will head towards adult contemporary. So, oh. yeah, which later blended into news talk for ROK. Ah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. that's where okay. I was on the top 40 station at this time. And that's 79, 80, 81 yeah. okay. All this is a blur. <laughs> I understand. At, at our age, Liz, this is kind of a blur. I understand. But um, yeah. so... When I was called in with Chuck Diamond on this thing, and, 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 and we were given the, well, we're moving to adult contemporary, and your services are no longer needed, uh, um, they looked at me and said, and this was Charlie Quinn, who was a fantastic guy. Uh, we had a lot of fun. I hope he's listening. He's in San Diego now. Is he? Yeah. Well, he's in Florida a lot with his mother. 
I yeah. know that because during the hurricanes, you know, he was checking in and stuff, and I even offered that, hey, you can ride up two hours down the road and stay at my place if you had to. Right. right. And he's like, no, no, thanks. For but, some uh, reason, I just can't envision Charlie Quinn battening down the hatches for a hurricane. <laughs> Bosley. <laughs> he did. He looked like Bosley off of we called Ch- him Charlie's oh. Angel. Bosley. Yeah. Wonderful dude. I, I think I went through a divorce with him on his end, not my yeah. end. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Or you not know. together. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Charlie, if you're listening, I remember that your in-laws were in Boca Raton, so she had some money then or something. Oh, but nice. I remember, you know, just, that's another thing. We all grew up, they had told me, Mr. Nolte would like you to stay on if you'd like to and work part-time. Well, that's great. And uh, But I saw where ZOK was going, and I said, well, I would like to do that, but I would like to move over to ZOK. Charlie said, well, that's fine with me as long as Dallas will take you. And Dallas Dallas Cole was now the program director. And then Charlie was what? The operations director. Okay. I talked to Dallas. He's like, oh, yeah, right on. (laughs) So he brought me right over, and I started to do weekends for a whole year. This was during the Rolling Stone stuff, and Dallas was gone a lot. So I'm doing middays a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing fill-ins, and I'm just – Going crazy. And I remember back in those days, because I was on the ROK side, your transition from AM to FM was seamless because you had the high energy, you knew the songs. It was basically jumping over into just a slightly different library. And basically you were changing one letter. You went from R to Z and you kept your energy and your smoothness just like you did on the AM. Well, I was a top 40 jock and that's where we're headed for. So two questions. Number one, did you Mm -hmm. ever screw up your call letters? Absolutely. And number two, did you always use Chuck Doyle? I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not when at the other stations I worked at here, but (laughs) this one I did. And (laughs) that kind of transitions to where we're at. Uh So I'm a local guy. I grew up here, went to school here. In Rockford, Illinois. My parents were local people. And back then, this town wasn't that big. So if you ran into somebody, they knew your mom and dad. Oh, yeah, you're so-and-so's kid, blah, 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 blah. My dad, mom, they knew the rich people and the poor people. Uh And they all grew up poor around here. Right. And everybody knew everybody. So it was a great deal. And when, when we get into this radio thing, this is what made me who I am because I was so local. Okay. I could tap in to some of the local stuff. You guys that came from out of town. Mm-hmm. We had no clue. You had no clue. Yeah. You were known by the ones that came, the 3%. You were known yeah. by the 3% that would come to the promotions or this or this. But I was known by all of them. Mm-hmm. And everybody had a tie to me if they were, hey, let's. I remember him from Somerville School, you know. Yes, or, yes. or I was on the same baseball team as him. Right. So I had an advantage to really dig into market. And what made ZOK so successful was localism. Mm -hmm. I remember being told when I was doing air checks, be more local, try to find more local ties. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I I I don't know this town much, but yeah. Most of the people all came in from out of town. Yeah. You know, there was a few locals. uh, But that's where you got the talent. Yes. Those people that were climbing the ladder, Liz was a very good example, coming from Memphis and then going on to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. When you've got that talent, you're tapping them out of Madison and Milwaukee Mm -hmm. and maybe the part-timers in Chicago that now got full-time. 
they weren't on the Rockford street corners. Yeah. They just weren't. We didn't know about beefaroos. Yeah. <laughs> or what's the other one? The uh, what's the one? Beakies. No, the one with the fire station with the big Sundays. Oh, last straw. Last straw. Yeah. yeah. So you get news guys coming in, and uh, out in the little town of Picatinoca, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, oh, jeez. I remember yes. when they auditioned, and this was, this was set up. It was not authentic, but it was when John Arthur was on Afternoons on WROK, and then he was coming back to do Mornings on WZOK, and supposedly they were auditioning him out somewhere at a remote or somewhere. And saying, well, yeah, I, I think I could do mornings on WZ, okay, whoever he was talking to. Yeah. And he goes, trust me, I know Pecatonica, and I know Winnebago. Yes, yes, and, yeah, and he's okay. rattling off all this local yeah. stuff. Oh. And, of course, the next Monday, guess what? He's on the he's air. He's on the air. Well, of course, it was all planned that way, and he'd already worked at the radio station on the AM side. Oh, funny. Yeah, it was fun. I remember coming in, and I did not know how to say the town, C-H-E-M-U-N-G. I said it, Chemung. <laughs> Chemung, you know, Chemung, Illinois. Chemung. Yeah. yeah. My question is, how often during your shift did Chemung come up on WZOK as a topic? Uh, well, no, it's, it's people who were there that would call in. We did. We did, we did a lot of that stuff. We did a lot of little things. Gotcha. A lot we of did little a lot towns of, all over uh, the place. We did a lot of We really did. That. Gotcha. Matter of fact, just, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, Wicker's World Tour. Love that. That was my idea. Was it really? Yeah, I said, hey, awesome. why don't we just go and you can do a show in every one of these little towns? Mm-hmm. We were like rock stars then. You okay, were. And, and that was a great and, era. We were like rock stars. Who brought Donnie Osmond to Byron? Right. <laughs> played a right? couple of things on his keyboard. <laughs> um, on Big Mac. Yeah. So that's what made ZOK stand out to be an awesome radio stations i mean besides great programming great music great timing and era of Mm -hmm. of loyalty and radio listening was we did star parties we did listener parties we did listener parties once it was 20 below zero at this uh what was the place on 15th avenue ironwork rusty nail uh, rusty nail Rusty Nail. yeah And pack the place at 20 below zero. But you know, the thing of it is with ZOK, and ROK was a little bit like this, but ZOK especially, you guys were not afraid to try things. And you had people behind you, whether it be Charlie Quinn or Tom Hunter, whoever, doesn't matter, Mr. Nolte, give it a try. And they'd get the salespeople behind you guys, Uh, and uh, off you'd go. I was going to go a lot with the salespeople, too, because they're all part of the success, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they would go to Rusty Nail and say, hey, you got to have this listener party mm-hmm. and you're buying it. Yes. You know, and if and if you and this is sort of the the Liz way of selling things. And if you don't say yes, we'll let you think about it for a while. <laughs> so you could say yes, but we'll go down the street because right. there's a lot of bars in Rockford. We'll put the we'll so, put the pen right in your hand. Yeah. yeah. So we're giving but, you the first chance. So why wouldn't you say yes? So it was a team thing. But we really became strong by this localism. We made you feel if you missed a listener party, you, you missed the really best missed time it. of your life. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's post Vietnam, you know, really coming into the 80s and stuff. And, you know, we had a lot going for us in the 80s. A lot of these groups are touring now, and mm-hmm. we, have a, we have a venue, a metro center. Well, we're doing whatever we can. 
to score these concerts. Well, who wouldn't go with the best radio station with the mm-hmm. biggest thing? So the record companies would go to us, and I don't think the record companies do what they do now, or they, if they do, they do to corporate radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, none, of the, mm-hmm. none of it goes local and anymore. And we were close enough to bigger venues, too, like Alpine yeah. Valley yeah. and Poplar Creek, Creek Music. Poplar Creek Music, yeah. So we would always, and take listeners out there. I yeah. remember doing that. So the biggest success is we were on the streets. Yes. We took the van out dailies. We gave giveaways. This is what made us big, bigger than anything. Let's go here. I've got my little list. Oh, oh my God. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck is prepared. Chuck did show prep? He did show prep. Oh, oh no, my God. No, no, I just took this from Look, Strand. Did you see what he did? He goes, no, 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 I didn't do no. show prep. No, no, no. Did you see that? Let me go back to a thing. Uh, <laughs> recently, you had Mike Lamb on. I did. Which was Mark Rivers. And he hit it directly on the nail of what kind of jock he was Mm -hmm. and the kind of jock I was. Mm. Okay. We didn't have uh, bits. We were... It was all experience. What did he say? Well, you're impromptu. You you work off the moment. Yeah, we were random. Yeah. We felt the music. We came on. We did our thing. We said our thing. And boom, we got off. If you were doing bits or something like that, you were a morning guy. Yep. And if otherwise you were more emotional. Yeah. You were attached. Well, yeah. and you guys were working the phones too. That was the other That's, part. That was a big part of our job. Yeah. You know, there were more phone bits on AM years than than I ever did much on ZOK because an FM you didn't want a whole lot of phone. You were doing music a little bit more. Well, morning guys like Bob Walker. Yeah, they did do, phone stuff. They did oh. a lot of the phone stuff. I but used to people... help him do some of that stuff because I was doing the overnight oh. and then he would be there and he's like, hey, cut me this. I did a Richard Simmons thing for him. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did some other <laughs> stuff. I was the guy that would call up, hey, yeah, yeah, you got that for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, and, and, and I would do some of that stuff for him. So when I came over, I did the weekends. We got through to the Rolling Stones thing. That was 1981. October of 1981. And, An uh, unbelievable summer building up to that. Yeah. Crazy. Well, That was another beat the streets. And I, I think I told this in the last one, but, you know, Dallas Cole just decided to do this thinking that the best thing he would get was maybe a pair of tickets to go <laughs> see that we could give away on the air. And it yeah. just rolled into this. Yeah. And they saw the idea and said, okay, let's do this. And it just became a big thing. And again, somebody somewhere, either individually or collectively, gave him a long leash. And they said, okay, Dallas, here's your idea. I'm going to line these people up. And where it goes, knock yourself out. And the Go-Go's were the opening act to the Rolling Stones. Right. Oh, fun. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because Dallas had <laughs> like hundreds of phone calls every day leading up to this thing. And there was a gal up front, Ruby. Somebody has a video. Dallas line one. Dallas line two. Dallas line three. And it was like that on the intercom and, and, and all day long. All day long. Wow. And so when he was gone, I did a lot of middays. And I was just a midday guy, you know, hey, yep. time temp, and this is what's going on, and this is what's happening, right. and da 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 da, da. Yeah. Um, Mr. Ed was doing nights. Who was Ed Lambert. Ed Lambert, oh. and mm-hmm. Diane Tracy was doing overnights. And Jim LaBelle. Walker in the morning. Lisa. Oh, Lisa Dent Or, or Steve Summers, one or the other. What's that? It was, it was Lisa afternoons. Dent, or Steve Summers was doing afternoons, depending no, on No, the, not that era. 
Well, what year are you talking about was doing afternoons? 1981. Oh, oh, 80. Oh, geez. So we're we're really early to them kids coming to the table. Sorry. Jim LaBelle was doing the evenings. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was doing middays, and I can't remember who did an afternoon shift. It, it would have to be Steve Summers. No, uh-uh. no, 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 no. Come on. No, these kids weren't here. I'm going to have to go look at a phone list that Ron Galena gave us. Yeah. I'm going to have to insert that a little bit later because it, it's killing me not knowing who did afternoons. Yeah, maybe MJ. MJ no, Ryan? No, MJ wasn't until later. Yeah. Anyway, so... When Dallas, of course, got a job offer ex- extremely <laughs> fast after this promotion. He went to work for ABC owned and operated in Washington, D.C., Oh, if you remember that. And then he went on to, was it VH1? Yeah, something. And then he was NBC doing something with NBC, too. Yeah. He's been executives in the networks yes. over the years. And this is what all propelled him because he was just a kid out of a... Uh, some little town in Wisconsin. Yeah. Do you remember the TV show Greatest American Hero? That, that's what Dallas Cole looked and like. And his <laughs> name's Jeff Rowe, and I have him on Facebook, and once in a while we'll tap back and forth. So. Yeah. Good guy. Um, so Good when he guy. left, I started in as middays. Not happy by all the other staff people. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> because I've been working here longer and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But guess who was familiar with middays? You. But you I were, was a top right. 40 jock. These people were still AOR jocks. That's you know? exactly and, right. You know, Diane and Ed, and they used to have an on-and-off relationship. And God, I love them both, and they're both not with us anymore. Oh. They died about a year apart. Um, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, Diane was a local person. Ed was a California guy. I did stay in contact with him. He was in Madison for a little bit, and he was, and then in Texas, and but he became a programmer, and he was all over. Yeah, I mean, did, you know, he did well. Yeah, he did well. Yeah, I can remember when the Rolling Stones uh, came to Rockford, and Dallas Cole came in the AM studio. And, of course, the FM programmers would never come into the AM studio unless something was wrong. And he says, can you do me a favor? I want all my staff to go to the Rolling Stones concert. They've worked so hard. Can you do a shift? I said, sure. So we did that. And after the concert, here comes Jim LaBelle and Mr. Ed back to the radio station. Well, of course, they had had a few. So they were giggly goofy from the minute they walked in. And, of course, we're saying, everybody in the radio station says, how was it? Tell us about it. What's the deal? So Ed and Jim sat down in the FM studio with me and start telling this. Well, then I told Ed, I said, I have to do a commercial for the sandwich factory. And he goes, give me that. I can do that better than you. And he started off. And it was, oh, God, it was hilarious because you could just see us all crying because we're laughing so hard just because he's liquored up and they just got back from the stones. The sandwich factory commercial should be a real low bar on what you're doing that night, but he just grabbed it and had the most fun with it. Ninety-seven FM WZOK. Just about twelve fifty with Tim Larson on the Rolling Stones recreation. Mr. Ed is here. Hi, Mr. Ed. Ooh, boy, I'm telling you what, I'm fried. My voice is fried for yelling at Mick Jagger, but uh, it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my entire life. Signs of a good time, right? Excellent. And we're recreating the whole concert right here on WZOK. 
And uh, what song are we on now right now? They got a boy. They got really cooking on a little later on. We'll come back with something from Tattoo You called Little TNA. Ah, yeah. Keith Richards and um, and uh, Ron Wood got on stage and uh, Mick Jagger got off the stage and he dressed up in a, what did he, what did he have? He had a, a football jersey on. Philadelphia, with all Philadelphia this, football? It was the Philadelphia uh, I'll be doggone. And 21 on it. I don't know if maybe that's one of his favorite numbers. That's where all the scarves came from, right? Yeah, they had scarves. I thought he had shoulder pads on at first, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I thought he was going to play football up on stage. And, <laughs> you uh, never know with Mick, right? Yeah, but uh, we had knew, uh, known beforehand that uh, the big tongue, the uh, famous tongue that they had on the Philadelphia stage wasn't going to be ready for Rockford. Uh, they just couldn't fit it in in time. But uh, anyway, are you hungry? <laughs> Sure. I mean, are you really hungry? I'm really hungry. Well, let me tell you, you know where you want to go. Well, I'm in a hurry. Okay. Well, if you're in a hurry, why don't you check out the Sandwich Factory? They've got mouth-watering selections of uh, gyros, subs, steak, and Italian sandwiches. They use only fresh ingredients, and they're made special to order in just minutes. Get more for your money because the Sandwich Factory packs more of what you love in their sandwiches. And the big thing is they're open till 2 in the morning, so you don't have to go to bed hungry. When the munchies madness strikes, strike back at the Sandwich Factory, 601 Kishwaukee Street at the corner of Kishwaukee and College. Whether you eat it there... <laughs> I think it's whether you eat it there. Yeah. Whether, you, whether you eat it there or take it home, you're going to love it. Well, Ed was a great guy and uh, super paranoid about everything. You know, it's very competitive with YFE. It's always been competitive. They didn't like us, and we didn't like them. That's true. And he would call the guy over at the other station. <laughs> says, hey, you sound like you gargle with gasoline, and hang up on him. And he and, did that on the air? No. Oh. Okay. Oh. Actually, he said that on the air after the, we played a commercial that had this other guy from YFE's voice on it. Well, oh. that guy sounds like he gargled with gasoline. <laughs> 97, so okay. So he called over just to shake them up oh, a little bit. Oh, they would go over and just say nasty stuff to each other and stuff. <laughs> oh. and that's the kind of guy Ed was very paranoid. But we didn't have a program director for a little bit. In came Tim Fox. Well, the program director's going to do middays. Hey, uh, Chuck, where are you going to go? That's right. Well, I think I went to overnights. No oh. way. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm happy because here's the deal. For me, going through this thing with the ROK, I realized that this radio business has no loyalty, okay? <laughs> I realized that my future, am I the kind of guy that wants his future of, oh, you're fired, okay, I'm on to the next show. Yeah, zero predictability. Yeah. And it's not like you did anything wrong. They just don't like the color of your eyes if they're a new PD. Right, and they want yeah. their own people. They, yes. They, you know, being good is subjective, and if he doesn't think I'm good, I'm out. Right. And then and damn those people for bringing people in from Memphis or yeah. Buffalo or, yeah. you know. Who are these dudes? Yeah, because you know? they're your people. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I kind of knew then, I'm like, uh, I want to look for something else because that's not kinda the kind of guy I am. So is that when you got out of radio and no, into firefighting? No. No. <laughs> it's oh, silly. Okay. With my limited education and okay. abilities here, it took me a little more time to figure that out. Okay. Um, but I was testing uh, for different for different jobs. Okay. Different jobs being firemen? Policemen. Okay. Um, Weren't you a bailiff for a I was a bailiff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. you know. Okay. I'm the kind of guy, hey, open the door. I'll put my foot in, and we'll go in and Figure see if this is something I want to do. And if not, I just fade away, you know. Yeah. Okay. 
I was happy to have a job. I was happy to be part of the radio station, too, because I still felt I had more to do. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. This is exciting. This is more to do. Yes. This is a station now everybody is going over to. Yep. You know, Tim has invaded and Kelly, and they've invaded the ROK, and all they're playing is Boss Skaggs. <laughs> <laughs> and Barbara Streisand. And Barbara Streisand. Well, guess what, folks? <laughs> and we're I'm bored with those two, yeah. There's more than that. called and said, we got a big surge. What happened? Everybody switched their dobs <laughs> from 1440 from AM to FM. Yep. Okay. <laughs> because Tim was interviewing somebody from the Barman Bailey Circus that came into town. Woo-woo! Oh, yeah. God. So, <laughs> you know what? Uh, Time to go, yeah. And I could see the potential. And Tim Fox came from, a, I think, Cincinnati station. He did. And he talked top 40. He did. Okay. He talked. Oh. During the Dallas, we were like a soft rock, no jingles, no rhythmic stuff. Okay. Nope. Very genuine. In, in, in and out of the commercials. Yes. You know, no jingles. Just say, hey, we're 97Z okay. And, and when Tim Fox came in. That's when a lot of that changed. That's yeah. I remember the first jingo package that came, you know, it's like, oh my God, this is beautiful, you yeah. know. This was great. Because jingo packages back in that day cost a lot of money. Yeah, it I remember did. that. Twenty five grand or something to have that. jam jingles in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. TM um, Productions, those TM, guys. Yeah. It, it was very big and and get jingles all the time, you know. <laughs> sell it to clients so they could have their own jingles when they had their own commercials oh that was a whole different package too oh nice that was fun so when he came in man mountain walker was doing mornings bob walker Mm -hmm. his real name was bob olowinski did not know that yes and the last i heard he was a student uh driver's ed instructor in milwaukee i think he has died but I could be wrong, but he went from WZOK to Q101 in Chicago. That's correct. Oh. I was with him during that time, mm-hmm. and I think he was going to make $50,000. Yeah. We were making eight fifty a month, seven fifty a month, which was, I don't know, what was that? Uh, and all the oysters you could eat at Jungle Gyms. $14,000. Yeah. I can remember you coming back to the radio station during the week, and you had gone into Chicago because you he invited you in there and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you came back and you says, good God, 
he is living at Marina Towers. What in the Was hell? That me? Yeah, I, I don't remember. But. Yeah. And huh. we're and we're all going. Oh, you've got to be kidding me! No, it's yeah. because he was making the money. He was good. He was good. He was a great ZOK morning person. I I, I would classify him as longer. as okay. uh, up on the top of the list as in talented and exciting to listen to, mm-hmm. and funny. Yeah, and he truly was, funny. He was a large man. He had canned that commercial. <laughs> Walker's, and he made these himself. These weren't taken off of something oh, else. Oh, not at all. All homegrown. Can that commercial. Can and, that commercial means what? Get rid of it? No. Oh. It was just a, a, a name for a funny commercial. Every oh, morning okay. he'd have 735, can that commercial's coming up, and blah, 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 blah. Truly a g- good morning man. He would call somebody. Uh, I think this was the time that he called the airlines or an airport. I think, oh dear. <laughs> and oh dear. he would and he oh would okay. he would read the lyrics to yes. a particular the song. Box tops. He called the airplane. Uh, Give me a ticket for an airplane. Yeah. Uh, 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 and the man, where would you like to go? Well, I ain't got time to catch a fast train. Yeah. <laughs> sir, where would you like to go? Well, lonely days are coming, and I'm going home. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, where would that? <laughs> My baby just wrote me a letter. Good. <laughs> And he'd hang up the phone. And into a song. Oh, God. And he would do that every day. Oh, my God. Every day he'd pick another song. And he would just figure out, well, for this one, i got to call so-and-so. And off he'd go. Uh, really good at off the oh cuff at, at looking at a song like that and going, hey, watch this. <laughs> yeah, and, hold, and, hold and, my beer. And do that stuff. And, oh, my uh, goodness. Wonderful. He's one of those guys that uh, there's only a few guys left that I don't know what happened to him, but I'd love to say hi to. Yeah. Bobby B. Soder is one of those two. Yes. That I would just love to see one more time. Bobby did uh, overnights on WROK forever. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. He also went into Chicago. I think when he left WROK, I want to say he worked for WMET mm-hmm. for some time. I'm Joe Vaughn, American Contemporary Radio, a service of ABC News. the summer LPs throughout the day right here in ROK. The best music of the summer up for grabs all week from your friends that play your favorites. On WROK 302, good morning, I'm Bobby B. WROK 305. Well, watch the pumpkins grow. A little cooler during the early morning hours. The overnight low 53. Nice day ahead of us. If you like it just reasonably cool, well, you want to get what you like. The high today will be up to 73. The sun will be out. A little cooler tonight. Be down to 49. That is getting cool. Throw on the blanket. <laughs> Extra blanket. And comforter. Snuggle up to somebody. 61 at ROK. Everybody. WROK 309 with Bobby B. Soder. Get your scorecard out. I'm going to fix you up with a few of them. Scores. 6-3, Chicago took St. Louis. That's the National League. In the American League, Milwaukee and Boston played Milwaukee on top. 3-2 to two after 10. KC over Chicago, 2-1. to one. WROK 312 with Bobby B. Soder. The Northwest Community Center is going to start a 17-week self-defense uh, program. 
And coming up to 20, as of this month, not too far away. Doesn't matter what age you are. You want more information? Call us at 964-6885. They'll fix you up. Yeah! <laughs> who number one is Michigan. Ohio State uh, came in at a number two slot there. And I think he lives in central Wisconsin now. I don't know any more about him. He's not on the Facebook or anything like that. So so interesting when Tim Fox came in, hey, I'm the new sheriff in town. It's going to be this way. Great. One of the reasons I got to stay at the radio station so long is because I understood that when a new guy comes in, it's his way or you're not going to be there. Yeah. That's right. Well, yeah. you had to be a chameleon. You yeah. really did. And, and that should be in any workplace. True. Whether That's or not true. you agree with the supervisor or not, this is who is it who it is, and this is what you do. But some people don't think that way, and Jim LaBelle didn't think that way. <laughs> and oh. it's funny, though, because I, I, can tell, I can tell this. He clashed heads with them. Left and right, and no, this ain't right, and da-da-da-da-da. And Tim was not right 100% of the time, and neither was Jim, no. d- depending on the topic. No, no but Funny. the boss is always right. right. I mean, I mean well. you, just follow, you just follow what he wants. Because here's the deal. If it doesn't go well, they're going to fire him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. may fire me before they fire him. Yeah. I'll tell you, during that era, though, it was entertaining for the AM staff because Dallas was such a, a big, big uh, part of WZOK's success. It was interesting for us just to be in the peanut gallery and just sit back and eat popcorn and just watch it unfold because we're just down the hall and go, up oh, uh, there they go again. Up oh, there they go again. And it was sort of entertaining when you didn't have a dog in the fight. You really mm-hmm. didn't. You, on the other hand, you were right in the mix of it all. Yeah. <laughs> So I can't remember how many sh- different shifts I did, but I think I stayed overnight for a while. I don't know how long. Did you mind overnights? I did not. Okay. You know. hey, overnights uh, was actually kind of interesting. I'm, I did overnights in Memphis, and it was very interesting. When we yeah. get up the to the part degree. where I moved to 10 to 2, I look back at that today as being one of the best shifts ever. I agree. And for loyalty and the people that set their alarm clock on sleep and they're listening to you. Yep. And I still have people that remember my top 10 at 10 show. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it back then. And, and today, now I understand that, that that was a big deal. Um, they look forward to it. I had more people. I would, if there was a 10 to 2 shift I could do now, oh, I'd jump on it. 10P to 2A. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would jump on it. But, you know, it depends on the format. Because if you've got an adult contemporary or a news talk format, 10 to 2 would suck in most cases. I, you know what? But I don't know about 40. that because people, I listen at night, man. Do you really? I'm still listening to AM Coast to Coast. Yeah. I'm still looking for Art Bell to come back and, <laughs> you know, the aliens. You know, when I go down the dial, I'm looking for Dick Bartley. You remember yeah. Dick Bartley? Solid Gold Saturday Night. Oh, Dick Bartley. He was I used to so listen good. to it all the time from Fire, FYR, or something in Chicago. 103 and a half FM, yeah. WFYR. But good show. I mean, well produced Solid Gold. Great jingles. Yes, yes. Oh, and stop do you this. remember who was at WFYR back in the day? I mean, think Dick of the Gianni, think of the lineup. Uh, Fred Winston. Yeah. Stu Collins. Yeah. Which I did not realize until about a year ago that Stu Collins is Brad Jeffrey's dad. And Brad did part-time on WROK 
for, for many years. Yeah, quite a few years. And then he ended up going down to Knoxville, and then he came up to Charleston, West Virginia. And I think he went down to Alabama somewhere. Not real sure. I, I'm but not sure. But anyway, still but in the industry. No, Brad but, has passed away. Brad yeah, passed he has. Yeah. Yes, but he was still in the industry up until that point. Yes. But yeah. I, I was about floored when I realized that Stu Collins was his dad because he was a legend in Chicago. Yeah. So anyway. So moving on. Well, you're right. She's taking notes, I folks. I have to keep him on track. <laughs> she'll, she's taking notes. So uh, She'll say she's not your secretary, the funny, but the right funny, there. Yeah, funny part about uh, Jim LaBelle, he's, oh, he just, uh, Tim Fox, you don't know what he's doing. Da, 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 da. Later, he ends up working with them again, and they worked real well together in Milwaukee or something. Oh, oh wow! And, and, and so it's just a fu- that's just a funny well, story. And again, yeah. it was that whole era. People, yeah. like you said earlier, growing up with each other. You all grew up. Yeah. You moved around. You that's still it. Had that same little circle of friends and same little circle of people working at different places. That so is it. new. In yep. rhymes the next morning show after Man Mountain Walker. I believe there might have been somebody in between for a short time, but it was a while. Was John Arthur coming in? We all knew John Arthur. From his days on ROK. And here he is, a true pro, great radio guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a funny guy who did radio and did it for fun. He was just, uh, hey, this is what I, I think that's the only thing he Freedom could was do. Was it just a job? Was it just a job? No. I, well, no, he, yes and no. Uh, I think in the back of his mind, he always knew this could be my last show. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he went out on the limb. And that made him more funny and more talented. Yeah. Because and, he goes, ah, you know, it, it just Yeah, happens. yeah. You know, yeah. he didn't care about opening up R&R and seeing what, what this or that no. or this. He got on, you turn the mic on, and oh, oh, oh gosh, crack out of the rack. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and wherever he ended up next is where he ended up next. True hippie from the 70s wow. or whatever. You know, he'd tell these stories. Oh, my dad was in this school when I was a kid, and uh, yeah. I had to mountain climb and walk 20 miles. And You know, and I'll you tell know. you, he was a good hire for after Bob Walker because he was also a big presence. When and, you put him on stage for an event or something, he was like Bob Walker. He controlled oh, uh, the crowd. You know what? There's DJs, and then there's DJs' master ceremonies. Because not all DJs can get up and talk in front no. of people or... Mm-hmm. So if you got one of those, you were you were good to go. So anyway, Arthur came in. We had a blast there. I'm not sure when Tim left and stuff. Um, Who was after Tim? A guy by the name of Jeff Davis, but the G-Off Davis, G-E-O-F-F Davis, still in business somewhere. He's on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was in more into like uh, down in the St. Louis area oh. into a museum of radio deal huh, really okay. be working for them or something but jeff davis huh. came in funny thing huh. he lived in love's park in these little townhouses mm-hmm. and arthur lived right across the street across the little driveway from him i mean <laughs> okay. their front doors looked at each other so we'd go over there for some parties <laughs> and stuff and i remember arthur calling him calling in sick and going fishing okay because oh, that's funny. john arthur you know yeah. <laughs> And Jeff's just smiling, and Jeff was a cool dude, very cool dude. Because Jeff's looking across the street and watching him hook up the boat. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, hey, see ya. Okay, but that's how we—that's how we rolled back then. Oh, funny. And we had a—we had a blast. Oh, we rolled back God. then. Good afternoon, WROK. Hi. 
Hello? Am I the first one? Yes, you are. you got to be kidding. No, I'm not. What's your name, please? Mary Collins. You feel lucky? I hope I got the right numbers. Mary, I'm going to need five sets of numbers from you right now. Uh, 332? 332 is correct. 962? Check. 633? That is right. 397? Also correct. 964? Mary? Huh. Congratulations. Gotta be kidding. I'm not. You're this week's great summer getaway grand prize winner, Mary. Oh, you know, thank you very much. Yeah, you just won yourself a 12-foot smoker craft fishing boat with a 9.9 horsepower Ebenrude motor and trailer. It's worth over one thousand five hundred dollars. You're kidding. Yeah, I'm not. Mary, congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Remember, Monday starts a brand new week and a new week of secret ball combination numbers. You're going to be listening next week again, oh, yes. Mary? All right. <laughs> next week's great summer getaway grand prize is a brand new 1978 Dodge Omni, proudly made in Belvedere. Mary, tell me, what is your number one radio station? WROK. <laughs> I took a little part time gig with the Rockford Park District Police. We had a moped, and I'd be driving that moped down along the bike path. Well, I, he'd always call, hey, Ponch. He always called me Ponch. Ponch? Why did he call you Ponch? Was that was a character on TV? Ponch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chips. Chips. Oh, Remember yeah, Ponch? yeah. Ponch? Yes, <laughs> yes. But we had a great time. Uh, uh, our ratings always are climbing. I can't remember what shift I was doing. I might have been still doing the overnights. I just work once in a while, you oh, know, okay. it was no big deal. But I'll tell you, that's that's one thing I have to hand it to you. You pressed the flesh. You were somewhere, a listener party or grab the keys to the van and just grab a stack of albums and well, go give it away. That's what would make the station what it was. And you know? for those of us that did it, we loved it. Absolutely. Nobody, You're a rock star. Nobody I had to twist star. Nobody mm-hmm. had to twist our arms. Mm-hmm. And you've got people coming up to you that love your radio station. Well, that's just a winning combination and then you've got free stuff for them. Mm-hmm. Well, hello. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the operations directors at this time. I you know, it's kind of blurring. Was me. it Tom Gray? Tom Gray was in there somewhere. I don't know where. I I got only a couple things to say about Tom Gray. One was he was a major on-air talent that was very good. Because he was also on WLS at one time. He had WLS FM. Yes. And maybe did a little stink on AM or something. But it, <laughs> it was called Disco DAI. Oh, my. You go to Art Volo's air check, you'll see him and going WDAI. I thought he was WRCK. No, mm, that was, could be something. Because WLSFM has been a boatload of W-D-A-I. call letters over the years. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, Disco yeah. DAI. Disco DAI. WLSFM. And this was his big that. move out of and more into management, and they hired him. He did help me progress as a DJ a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just say this it was not a good time uh, working for this person. His people skills were not um, not up to par, huh? Not great, mm-hmm. and um, he had his own demons going on. Yeah, and I, I he, never had the pleasure. He ended up leaving under, you know, it's better you move on. Yeah, I don't want to say he terrorized the staff, but he was a terrorizer. So moving on. Yeah, do you think Kipper McGee came in after him? Do you think that was the time frame? Because Kipper was there and. 
like 1984 through 1986. I don't think it's 80. It's Kipper's time yet. Okay. In, <laughs> in our progression. Before that. Wow. Okay. So when Arthur left, he took Riley, and they went to like NCI in Columbus or Columbus, something. Ohio. They did. And he took Riley, which is another nice kid, a local kid who I have some warm feelings about because we were young men at the yeah. time, kind yeah. of growing up together yeah. and being in this business together yeah. and. The next guy that came in was Randy Cook. Full of energy. Right. That's how Rick Carner, Spiff Dingle, uh, I mean, John Arthur actually started using Rick Carner as a sidekick early on. That's who gave him the name. Right. But Randy Cook is the one who really grabbed that horse with a bridle, and they really turned it into something. And that was interesting because he was a copywriter. He was head of continuity. You know, morning guys look for anybody they can find you know what, that's, that's around true. in the building <laughs> at 4 a.m., you know. At, uh, right. So. Uh, like Wicker finding the, the yeah. maintenance guy. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And somewhere during the Tom Gray days, I was doing 10 to 2 at night, Monday through Friday. And then I would do like a 3 to 6, a three-hour afternoon on Saturday or something. Mm -hmm. And I'd have Sunday off and Monday all the way till 10 o'clock at night, you know. Yeah. Oh. Tom wanted to punish me. Oh, God. Uh-oh. So he said, I want you to do 10 to 2 Monday through Saturday. <gasps> because he knew that... Uh, <sighs> You know, I had a girlfriend, and I wanted to have a little weekend, a little time. What a kick in the nuts! <laughs> we sir, can't say that. Sir, yeah, well, we can't yeah, podcast. Yeah, we We're don't have on any radio. We have no rules yeah. on podcasts. You know, I wish the best for Tom Gray. <laughs> as far as I know, he is uh, doing stuff with EWTN, and he's a deacon in the Catholic Church somewhere. Hmm. If you look him up, and I wish the best for Tom Gray. Because it wasn't a best time here. It was all a learning process. We got a, right. a lot of these guys did not have people skills. Right. And we <laughs> we hated all of them because they didn't have people skills. God, they're they're only a few years older than me. Yeah, and you're trying to wrangle early and twenty year olds. You think they'd yeah. come in and, and and us guys being here for so long, the next day they change things. It's like, what what are you doing? And they didn't ask anybody anything. No. Mm -hmm. How did this mm -hmm. work? How did this mm -hmm. go? You no. know. And you can't take the owner's uh, word for it necessarily because they're not on the air every day. They're not in the back. I mean, granted, right. Vern was pretty involved, but that's like walking into David Salisbury and say, hey, what kind of rotation do you think we ought to put uh, <laughs> Cindy Lauper? Girls just want to have fun. No, you can't ask the wrong people. And that's what sometimes they did. That. So yeah. the upper management would see that and they'd kind of cringe too. But you, you didn't really go to them yet until it got really bad. Yes. Yes. But then and it was too late. Then it was too, yeah. yeah. And, that was too late. And yeah. they would see it, and you'd kind of yeah. go by and wink your eye like, really? <laughs> Is this what you're letting this guy do? And then next thing you know, they're gone. Randy was a, a, a good talent, very consummate pro working on his career. Mm -hmm. Were these people, Chuck, there about a year, year and a half, two years? Uh, I'd say on? most average stays about two years. Two, yeah. two three, yeah. Because, yeah. Okay. you know, if you're going to be in this business That's and be true. good and, and move – about two years is your stay. Well, that's I was kind of thinking because that was about my stint, about two and, years. And, and mm -hmm. I was uh, I was looking at well, I want to keep doing this, but as soon as it runs out, I'm going to go do something different. Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep going on. Okay. Okay. This is like playing Major League Baseball. Okay. If you make it to the show, you got about a year or two, and you got some good money, and then you're you out. Get, 
got to find something else. And my my life, the life that I wanted to lead was not that. Yeah. You know, I wanted to own a home, have a wife, have children. I just want to have one wife, not five. Yeah. Not in one in every city. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to move them. (laughs) Yeah. Move them around and do that kind of stuff. Well, and honestly, when you think about the longevity, Riley O'Neill is still doing mornings on WROK. He worked at one capacity or another when I was there in 1981 and 82. Then you've got just recently the celebration of Aaron Wilson, who's the TV weather guy on TV 23. And coming up will be the anniversary, I, I can't remember exactly how many years, for Andy Gannon. And then Steve Summers, still here. There's for a another long one. Time and married. Some people can pull it off, but a lot of people can't. And granted, I mean, these are the exceptions. I get that. But look at what Bob Surratt and John Landecker did in Chicago. So here they are with their careers at WLS, and they didn't go on to Los Angeles or Dallas and then come back. But one of them is doing mornings and the other one's doing nights on WGN. Now, how does that work? You know, think about that when you're talking about but all, all these years. That's Chicago. It, I'm just telling that's you as Chicago. an example. Yeah. That's Chicago. Yeah, and, and you've got people like... Um, it's not a starter market. No, that's true. But who's your... Chicago? Who's your gal on uh, on Light 93? Robin? Robin Rock. Robin Rock. Yes. Robin Rock's amazing. And, and she's had almost like a Steve Summers longevity. Mm-hmm. By the way, Chuck and I have known each other since we were 16 years old working at WLUV. So for those of you that don't know, it's like, well, how do you guys know all this about each other? It's because we lived it. So just FYI, that's, yeah. it's not just ROK and ZOK. Let me ask you about uh, any uh, association. Now, this is the WZOK side of you. Any association or stories from the newsroom? Everything was knee-deep on the WROK side, but what was your involvement with the newsroom on the ZOK side? John Strannan could time it down to five seconds. <laughs> he would walk in, sit down, and just be a pro. Yeah. And, and then by the time you went to turn off your mic, he was gone. Mm-hmm. In and out. Yeah. You know, news was only there for FCC requirements. Yeah, they were coming in and doing you a favor. Yes. To do a newscast. Yeah. <laughs> Quick cast. Because they were on to something else. I mean, you think of how aggressive that newsroom was. And and these these cats would be, John Strannon, 30 seconds. And John would still be sitting there like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd get I'll up. And he'd be I'll down to 10 it. seconds. And now oh, John Strandon, WZOK News, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, before you could turn off your microphone and turn around to talk to him, he, he was, was gone. <laughs> gone. So Randy's there. Um, I can't remember who the PD or who the operations guys were. Randy gets a job. And he's going to take Rick with him. Oh, wow, that's something new. Okay, good luck to him. Yep, Fox 97 in Atlanta. And Rick's girlfriend at the time was Duffy. Oh, Hmm. yeah. And she left, too. She was a copywriter. Yeah. And Randy's wife was Julie. What a sweetheart she was. Mm -hmm. These are all good people. You know, just good people. And they just... Copywriters, they were the Fun. the nerd comedians. Yes, of the, they were of the jack of, jack of all trades. Ray Glackner was that guy sitting in the back, a little Groucho Marx looking <laughs> dude, and uh, had a lot of funny things. Rest in peace, Greg Glackner. He was a and, movie critic, freakazoid. 
Really? Oh, my God. He was a walking encyclopedia for movies. So whether it be on the Bill Phillips show or the Riley O'Neill show, whatever, they would do like a once a week thing with uh, here's what just came out in the theaters. Because, again, back then, you couldn't just look it up on your phone or the Internet. It didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you relied on people like I'll get back to WGN. You'll rely on people like Roy Leonard to sort of give you a little bit of a heads up as to what the movie is. And that's what Greg Lackner did. And he did it so creatively because it wasn't like, well, I liked it or yeah, it was a chick flick. No, he sort of got in and made fun of the actors. He made the connections with, hey, you know, this actor was once in blah, 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 blah. And nobody would ever remember that right. except Greg. When ZOK switched over from AOR to CHR, I, think, I, I believe we had a jazz show on Sunday mornings. That stayed for a while. Who did I it? I can't remember. YFE had a blues show. Really? Yeah, for a long time. And that guy, he worked part-time there, and he was a very nice guy. And he worked at Westinghouse, too. And I, I'd run into him. He's the guy I would talk to because him and I had experience because we were – in the same market for years. Most of the other guys I never talked to at WYFE. They didn't want to have anything to do with us. We didn't want to have anything to do with them. So were you like Donnie Osmond and David Casty when you ran into each other on location? Uh, they all no, have to leave the room they, before they we enter? Like, they didn't like us, and we didn't like them. And then later on, you worked you know, together. Whenever you're, <laughs> right? whenever you're number one, number two... Is a bad deal. So I had a 26 share or something. Nice. Oh, we were doing great. And I was doing afternoons. I remember one of the PDs for a short time was Brad Furr. There's a name I haven't heard in forever. He didn't last long. He came from Oshkosh or something. Best story ever, and I think I told this. He came in, and he started changing things fast and this and this. <laughs> and, you know, he was like from they, Oshkosh. Like I mean, they all do. It's a smaller market than us, and he was – leaning us towards a small market he had a hundred memos about don't do this do this don't do that well you know we had the memo board by the copy machine oh, yeah. yeah and the bullpen sitting there and brad first said to me he said you know dave salisbury came by the memo board started reading them all and he heard from his desk there who is this Brad Fur, and why does he keep writing these memos oh god he knew the handwriting was on the wall he was gone <laughs> He had the Pokey and Gumby, if anybody worked there at that time. He had the Pokey and Gumby on his desk. And Pokey and Gumby was in fascinating, fascinating positions every day. I remember that. You know, the, I wondered yeah. where the Gumby came from. Because yeah. when I arrived, Gumby was floating around the office. And there were jokes left and right. And I did yep. not know what that was all about. Yeah. And ironically enough, the newsroom would be responsible for some of those yes. positions. Mm -hmm. And you would not think that they would have that edge to them. You'd figure, okay, Rick Carner's farting around. But no, it'd be the newsroom. It's like, that's pretty funny because they can't be funny on the air. So they got to let it out some other way. During this time, too, uh, in the operations director spot, a Reed Reeker, a Charlie Quinn, and a Tom Gray. We had He's Kipper. Right. We had a Greg Strassel. After him was a Mark McClure. That's right. That's right. Wonderful guy. Big guy, red hair. Yeah. Yeah. I love Mac. He's still around. Is he really? He's uh, still in the industry? Uh, I'm not sure how much of the industry he is. Okay. Greg certainly is. Greg's but, on the East Coast. Yeah, and Greg Hubbard. Greg was my area. Yeah. My era. Yeah, Greg hired myself and John Ivey. 
Greg might have had a couple appearances because Greg also worked for WGBF. And everybody knows that GBF was a Vern Nolte-owned station. It was the very tip of Indiana. Evansville? Kentucky, yes. Mm-hmm. Which is right on the Kentucky border. So John Nolte would go in between both stations and kind of see what was going on. But Charlie Quinn, all these kind of people, they all, Buddy Scott, they all came through GBF. So they were all Kentuckians, Indianans. I knew Greg Strassel from a couple times that he had come up from GBF. And then when he came up to be my boss and stuff, oh, we had a good time. What a great guy. Yeah. Uh, where, where did Tom Gerdrum come in? He came in as a program director after he did a night stint. He told me he was going for the PD gig. I was, oh, really? I didn't know even know you were interested. I thought you were being Rodzilla. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was after I had left. Well, well he was, was, he was on air. I know he was on air because that was, <laughs> yeah, him and there was a Peter Parker that also came oh, in yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, Peter Parker. Uh huh. Jam and JY Kelly was also afternoons. Yeah. Chris Kelly. Those were all. The guys and, and Steve Summers, of okay. course, obviously. So we'll get we'll get there. This guy came in, J.J. Michaels. Mm-hmm. That was just before me, because he was just before Wicker, I think. Yes. I was doing afternoons, had a huge share. This whole Lisa thing went down, and, and I kind of felt bad on this deal. But I had already had something in the works. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so were you another domino that was ready to fall? I was. After the uh, Lisa Dent thing. Okay. Well, Ooh. it was even before then. Unrelated, though. Unrelated. Yes. I was working on something. Steve Brill said, Steve Summers, I'm going to promote him to... He was yelling at me. Oh, really? Steve Brill was yelling at somebody? Oh. Wow. Wow. And you know what? And I, love, and I love Steve Brill to death, too. Do you? Steve has a, well. a, a <laughs> temper, but I do still love Steve Brill to death, and I wish him all the best. He said, I'm going to make Steve Summers the program director, and I'm going to work with him personally to make him a good program director. And Steve Brill could do that. Steve Brill had a lot of talent. Well, guess what? The next month, Steve Brill gets another job. Oh, no. Whoa, that ain't fair to Steve Summers. Not at all. I mean, you said you're going to work with him, okay? Because, you know, you're thrown into a position that you haven't really been at. And so that wasn't too good. And then Mark McClure was the operations director at the time. This is 1987. Now, this I can tell you. Okay. Steve and I were at the walkathon for cerebral palsy. And Steve said, Chuck, I want you to be the promotions director. Well, you know, it sounds pretty good. He said, come in Monday and we'll go in and talk to Mark. So I get this call <laughs> that I got a new job. From the other Thing that you were working on? Yes. Uh-huh. From the fire department. Uh-huh. Ouch. They want me to start... Monday. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. no, they gave me a no. good thing so I could give them two weeks. I went in, and Steve and I and Mac sat down, and uh, I kind of blindsided them a little bit, you know, because I didn't want to mention anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, before we go into this, let me go into this. I've accepted this job, and Mr. Nolte was out of town because they wanted to talk to Mr. Nolte at the time. Yeah. Uh, And he was out of town. But I I said, I got to inform you now because I've only got two weeks. Yeah. The Lisa thing had already happened. Your ratings were high. What are you, 28 plus, you said. It was was just, uh, it was weird timing for everybody, obviously. 
because they wanted you or they wouldn't yeah. have you know, yeah. had you call in. And then you go, yeah. So I think they got Mr. Nolte on the phone, whatever. And they asked me, because we're, in, we're losing people, could I stay on and work part-time? At first, I was ready to go and just give it all up. You but, know. but now you get to stay in the industry. But now I get to stay in the industry. So I said, absolutely. I could do some stuff. You were part-time. You were the major. You and Roger, that I recall, were the major part-timers and... Don Kay. Right. You were the major, and Carol came in after someone. Yeah. So, and, and that says a lot about ZLK when you've got yeah. that strong a bench on yes. part time. On part time. So, timers. again, yeah. mm-hmm. they said, can you stay part So, I stayed. Uh, I was doing remotes. I, I did it all. You talked about Don Kay. So, let's yeah. talk about that. So, somewhere along there, we had uh, this contest mm-hmm. where you That's would guess DJ. We'd have you in on Sunday nights or something, and you guest DJ, and the winner would get a part-time job here. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Don Kay was our first winner. This kid with this hair all over. Yep. Yeah. Don't touch his hair. And uh, <laughs> it was real fun. Fun guy. And he was coming in from Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's the well, odd the part. Well, he was coming in from the Burbs. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Close enough. So um, our second winner was uh, Larry Seifert. Did you never Larry. know Larry? I don't remember him. He went on to work in the industry name. somewhere. Don't know the name. That was his air name or his real name? Or that both? was his real name and his air name, too. Hmm. Don't know. Great kid. Great sound. I think we did it twice. Okay. And that was it. But going on, so we're back in 1987. That's when um, I, I was doing anything. Hey, Chuck, uh do middays this well i work this day and this day you know you work one day and you have two days off and yep i was working every day wow. that i was off i mean i did that Whoa. for a wow. number of years yeah, now you after you you know later on they kind of just wrote me off the schedule kind of thing but i'd rather fade away than have a day where they just said uh, See ya. don't co- yeah. don't ever come back in yeah but that's what I did from 1987 all the way up to 2010. Wow. Yeah. When you're talking about doing everything, when did the rock and roll start for you? Because that obviously was part of your whole gig that you did. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I'm going to put this thing, this localism that I have, mm-hmm. huh? and I'm going to put the notoriety of who I am. I'm going to put it to work for me. So for years, I started doing some dances through the Z-O-K-R-O-K system. The music music uh, machine. Music machine. machine. Oh, we'd book it for 300. The station would take uh, 200. I I don't know. We'd get $165 or something. And and then the person booking it was who's ever working the front desk. It just kind of... And they just didn't want to almost do it anymore. So I said, well, how how about this? (laughs) How about if I come in and kind of take it over? You guys will do the booking. You'll send out the thing and then give it to me, and I'll make sure that we get somebody to do it. That's what I remember the most. I remember you doing that. I remember that kind of coming in, and And it was a Saturday, Friday night, Saturday night type stuff. Yeah, right. Weddings. Yeah, weddings. Bar mitzvahs, your favorite, <laughs> whatever. High schools. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, but then it, it just seemed like the station didn't want to put any money into it. 
No big surprise there. Yeah, no money into it. So then I got the idea. I got me and Roger and Steve together, and we all brought our some equipment together. I started looking into more equipment, some better equipment, some better sound, some better stuff. And then the three of us bought a system in together, and, and we would share it. We had a book, and, and if we got something through the station, we'd use our own equipment. Yeah, well, because the technology was changing, yeah. too. Yeah. That sort of forced I mean, you. And you know what? The station had no real library. Right. You know, so we were starting to buy music. Later, when I got a CD burner, a real CD burner, then I would make copies for the three of us. So then we just got to be so busy that we kind of broke off the three of us, and we each kind of had enough equipment to do our own I would keep investing into bigger equipment, newer stuff, and sound better. So for many years, we made more money doing that yeah. than ever in radio Whoa. because that's where the money was. Mm -hmm. Wow. And do appearances and bring our own stuff and, and play all these gigs and dances. Some of them were booked through the station. After a while, they just book them through us. Yeah. And be out there at the wedding shows. I'd see that. I'd see the yeah. things out there. Yeah. We would just be doing, you know, and then a radio station Home was shows. happy because they got so many state booked through them. That was free money. That was mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. hundred and something dollars that just went into the wine suck program. <laughs> uh, That's true. Friday afternoon. I don't want to talk about any of those. Uh, so No, uh, but you are proud that yeah. you funded it. That's yeah. the nice yeah. part. So yeah, thank you for doing that shot. <laughs> So thank you. Know, you. <laughs> uh, Non-traditional revenue, as we called that. Yes. Um, and now in the radio industry, isn't that funny that that yeah. same phrase non-traditional is used when they, they use. yeah when they sell internet ads mm -hmm. and stuff like that? Well, isn't that odd? Another thing, if you talk about non-traditional revenue, and I don't know if I talked about this first time, that ROK had bought a sign company years ago, SignPro, and John Nolte kind of ran that, and that was another way to diversify into other things that, that you could sell along with your advertising. Hey, want this? Well, we get you really nice vinyl signs and stuff. We had yeah. a nice sign with our system yeah. and stuff. Yeah, well, and, and very much a part of that was the bus bench backs, mm -hmm. yeah. which we've got yeah. a couple out here yeah. from back in the day. Roger and I, we, we picked up a Magic Waters gig. Yes. We would do. Roger and I picked up a um, Pearl Lake Beach. Mm -hmm. Lake Louise. Lake, Lake Louise we didn't do music for. Oh, we okay. just did the sun. We just did the tan sun, contest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Otherwise known as the time when people just took off their clothes in front of everybody. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. <laughs> no, you do know, Chuck. You I do don't know. know about that. Yeah, you do know. Um, <laughs> and, and that's when I... Came up with this thing and rock and bowl, which was probably I don't know what year, but it's been after over me. It's been over twenty five years, hasn't it? it oh has, yeah, close to thirty been. years. Yeah. Oh, wow, really. Um, and that was just something I did, and the nice people at the bowling alley has kept me on all these years. I thought my Pearl Lake was going to go. I wanted to be at Pearl Lake. I love the beach, love the water, yeah. love to play adult music. Mm-hmm. You know, we had adult audience out uh -huh, there, uh -huh. and unfortunately, my friend sold the lake five uh -huh. years ago or so, and they closed it to the public. And it's yeah. totally different. Same yeah. company bought Lake Louise too. It's oh. closed to the public. Mm. You know that stuff is closed. It's too bad because so. that that was a fun it was time. A fun fun yeah. contest. And yeah, we always look forward to being out there for those two places. Mm -hmm. 
and your bowling thing started out at Don Carter Lanes and now is at Cherry Bowl. I came out and visited you maybe about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back in the day when you're talking about upgrading your equipment and bigger speakers and oh, more this and more it's that. It's a new world. I walk in with an iPad. I you know. It Bluetooths to their sound system. I have complete control of mixing what I want to play. I turn on a wireless microphone, and that's all I need. From having a whole van full of Of equipment and speakers and and everything to maybe, maybe a hand. I can do it with my phone, too. Yeah. Well, aren't you just impressive? I can do it with my phone. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Well, and I was curious. But that's technology. That's technology, which has all changed. Mm -hmm. It's just like the radio stations now. Instead of spinning records, it's now on computer. Yeah. And we're going to get to that part. Oh, so okay, let's, okay. let's move on here. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I just want to get through the history. So, and, and all I've got is really the morning guy's history and that's fine. to kind of go on. I left during J.J. Michael's deal okay. in 1987. Okay. So he was there longer. I worked part-time. A bunch of people came and gone mm-hmm. and PDs and this and that. Um, I think after him was Wicker. Because that's well, who I yes. worked with. There was a guy in between, Tim Kincaid. Oh, Tim Kincaid. I do remember 1988. That Tim Kincaid wasn't there very long. Well, I got here that Jeff Wicker came in February of 89. Mm, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yep. um, I was here in May. He's not your ball's good announcer, but he had the personality, mm-hmm. the persona. He had the likable quality Mm -hmm. he's the kind of guy you want to be friends with and man he stepped right in and this market was ate him up do you remember where he came from was it dayton ohio was it dayton did he go to charlotte this is the question we'll have to ask jeff yeah somewhere in the Dayton. i I think he was from like area of dayton or something okay and i can't remember who hired him it must have been Greg because he was there before me. Yeah, Greg was. Probably Greg was. Greg could see good talent. I was trying to mention this before. Greg has stayed in the industry, and Greg is such a programmer that he is on several panels when they do the National Association of Broadcaster conferences. Oh yeah, because yeah. he he he's like Kipper McGee. He, he can take something and be able to spin it. And adapt it to you, whoever you are. And, of course, in the audience at these conferences, you never know who the audience is. And he's got that ability because of programming so many varied air talent over the year. But when he came, we were headed into a new era of back to loyalty radio, back to being on the streets even more. Mm-hmm. Back to just forty share, forty yeah, plus share, yeah, we're, market share, which was we're doing, crazy. we're going back to that now. And there had not been a format music shift of any sort. It was just CHR still. still CHR, just keeping current. That was a, just a, a bright, up temple time. Jeff made it uh, mornings huge mm-hmm. when he would use the maintenance guys. <laughs> and the Church of the Misunderstood, all the copywriting folks. Yeah, used, that's when Joe Soto would over come and, over yep. and Mulvaney yeah. would come over and help. <laughs> that's, that's, I think, when they did a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think, when they started, and I don't know if they did that before, but that's when I learned about crosstalk, learning, mm-hmm. talking to crosstalk in the morning show and crosstalk in the afternoon. And we did a lot of that. 
So we had different night people when you were there. Yes. And different overnight people. No, all, overnight was always Jerry Jensen. Was it? Yes. Or okay. at least for that I recall in my little tenure. Okay. And that was a great ratings period. Oh, my boost, God. Great radio station boost. 40 share, 40 plus share. This Wicker wow. guy, this guy, Wicker was just uh, amazing. Um, was he a foam bit guy? I can't remember. He could do mm-hmm. phone bits. Okay. He, would he did sh- a lot. He did a lot of other things outside of phones. Yeah. Did he have an ongoing shtick of some sort that I can't remember? Uh, he he would share the ACN with Riley. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. What's the American, American, American Comedy, Comedy Network. Network? Oh, really? So mm-hmm. and, oh, and that was that was phone sticks. One that Jeff did was calling his agent. Oh, hold on, I got a bigger name on the line. Yes. And you would fill in. You would you talk in between. In you, you had a script. Yeah. Hey, what about me? When are you, you going to s- book me down? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to book you for that. And so they would share ACN stuff. Yes. Nice. Pre-recorded, you know, pre-recorded stuff. And it was wow. good. It was good. It was funny. It uh-huh. was good. Um, and then Jeff had his own ideas, too. Like yeah, I Jeff said, had his own ideas. He did the, what's the one that he did with uh, Professor... Or doctor, it was a doctor. Doctor Bell and Professor or Bell or, other, or Doctor. Yeah. They do the word, Mark. a word of a day or something. Yeah, word of the day. Huh? Yeah, it was fun. Great time to be on the radio. Do you remember mm-hmm. the sidekicks? I Suzuki do. Little wi- oh, I got a picture of those little white ones. Yes. One summer, I think it was Anderson had it these Suzuki colors. sidekicks. We got to have our own, and yeah. we we the drove it everywhere. Drove it hmm. everywhere. It's yeah. all part of that great. It was a great summer. Great on the yeah. waterfront stuff yep. that we did back yep. then. Did they end up giving I, them away? Yes. At, really? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't remember. I think it was on the waterfront that we ended up giving it away hmm. because we had it all summer. Mm-hmm. And you had stickers. more than one, didn't we? Have three of them. Mm, I don't recall that. I just remember the white one. I think I drove that one a lot. Man, Jeff's shoes were hard to fill. Ah, that's and, what I heard. And you weren't going to have another guy walk in and be so lovable. Mm-hmm. Jeff and Liz, Liz was a lovable person. <laughs> was? <laughs> I don't know. I'm She's pretty alive. lovable today. Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> there wasn't a listener that didn't love her and come meet her and... I was concerned a little bit, you know, about Chuck groupies. Chuck was like my bodyguard a bunch of times. You know, about groupies and getting yeah. too close into yeah. some of them because you don't know them, but they know you. But that's mm-hmm. part. Of, but that's the mistake of radio. They think they know you. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was a little concerned for Liz sometimes, but, you know, she handled herself. She was a pro. She knew how to tell people, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, we'll pass. So when Jeff left, there was a big void. They hired somebody, and he didn't last two weeks. Oh, wow. Two weeks? Yeah, it was bad. Oh, how can we not remember this name? Or do you know the name? I don't remember. Because it was only two weeks, that's why. I know. I have no idea. So we went a long time without a morning person. Were you filling in? I was not filling in mornings. I don't remember. It went a while. Okay. Strassel and all them guys left. They're gone, yeah. A new guy, I think Sean Phillips came in. Sean Phillips was interviewing for the job. I did not know him. Another guy, Joe Dawson, was filling in for going to the job. Joe called me. Joe came in, listened to the station. He was B96 guy. He was in Battle Creek, Michigan programming. I liked Joe. He was a good top 40 guy. He called me. We talked. I knew it was between him and this other guy. I didn't know who the other guy was. So I went into Ron Galena and said, hey, uh, I know a guy who's up for the gig here. And, oh, John, and Ron told me, yeah, we interviewed him and then oh. another guy, and I like that guy. 
His wife worked at US 99. She was on air. And oh, wow. He would be a great guy uh, to really move this station forward, especially in top 40. And he goes, well, why don't you go in and talk to John about that? So I went in and I said, hey, John, you got a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we talking John Nolte? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Unso- so I went in and talked to John. I said, unsolicited hey, opinions. Hey, yeah. uh, I just want to let you know, uh, <laughs> I know a guy, Joe Dawson. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, uh, he's kind of been in touch. He's been in the market. He's been listening. I like this guy. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> Well, the next day they hired Sean Phillips. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Before Joe, yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? Sean Phillips and I are still friends today. Good. We still talk on the phone. Uh, he is out of radio. Oh. I do not recognize that name And what at all. is he doing now? Or do you know? Uh, retired. Oh, good. Sean was a guy who brought in the next guy. In came Eric Ferguson, kind of on a... Uh, on a jokester, I don't remember what it was, but we put him as an interview of an airplane pilot from the Concorde or something. I can't remember what it was. It was a bit. It was April Fools. I oh, think. It was a bit. Okay. That's how long okay. it was before we filled that spot. Wow. And it was an April Fools thing. And the next thing you know, he goes, "I'll be on the air," and he comes in and he, and he takes over the morning show. Oh, fun. Well, yeah. Nobody's gonna be. That good, mm-hmm. with that charisma that Jeff Wicker had. So Eric was a Iowa kid, interned with Barsky in Chicago. Barsky was a morning guy on um, WLS-FM. Mm-hmm. And he interned. So he had a lot of sticks like Barsky and stuff. He was doing a jock show. I could just tell. Ooh. He wasn't going to be there long. Yeah, huh? and we be, we became friends and, and stuff. Matter of fact, uh, I found out that he was going to be gone about a week before he did, before oh, they told him. Don't you hate that? And he found out that I didn't tell him. But I, who am I? You know, mm-hmm. it's rumor. It's rumor until uh-huh. it happens. I'm not management. I'm uh-huh. not anything. I'm a part-time guy. Yeah, he was a little hurt over that. Mm-hmm. Did he jump to uh, Kathy Hart and Eric Ferguson then? He Well, eventually that's where he ended okay. up. Probably the most successful money earner out of these stations. Okay. Yeah. A guy we fired after so <laughs> Yeah. What, okay. And uh, now he's in the Radio Hall of Fame. He was there from 92 to 92. <laughs> oh, funny. April to August or something. Well, yeah, but he obviously knew that you were of a different influential status than any other part-timer i mean obviously if you can walk into ron galena's office and john nolte's office you're not just an average part-timer so no, he no i'm family i'm f- yeah yeah I, I, honestly i grew up here i yeah. grew up on this radio station and it's kind of sad that i don't have still some ties to it i mean i still do, do kind of but you don't i, yeah, I, I do but i don't you know i was going to go in and cut a commercial uh for my bowling thing but I mean, you know, it's, but but radios change. It's yes. different ownerships and yes. different stuff. So we we've, we've got to move on. Yeah, mm-hmm. you still got the WZOK tattoo on your hind end. What? You still have? The, <laughs> you, you, no. How'd no. you get that removed? Because I still have my ROK one. I can't get it removed. I had ZOK DJ one for a long time on my license plates yep. until it was time for my kids to start driving, and I took it off. Boom. I know. It's done. Time to go. Time to go. So going but, on, Eric so Ferguson. Eric was um, I mean, I remember him signing a $5 million contract. Wow. You know, 
Whoa. Uh, made it big in Chicago. God yes. bless him. I have not seen him. I've not talked to him, but I'm sure if he walked through the door, we would have a... Uh, like a, old times, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I wonder how long he was in Chicago in mourning, I, regardless of where he was. I have a no, number of years. Of, I know, uh, but I have uh, no concept. Was he t- more than 10 years, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I bet it was a good 10 years. Okay, all right. And Kathy, I can't remember, but she worked at the ZOK side. Uh, she did. Days Kathy and, was before me because I actually you, took Kathy's spot. Yeah, okay. Never Kathy was yet. a nice person. Kathy Achenbach from Clinton, Wisconsin. <laughs> How do you remember this stuff? Because I know these people. Yeah. I know these people. She took off with my friend <laughs> Joe Larson, who's from Pecatonica. They were a boyfriend and girlfriend, and oh. they went to Charlotte, North Carolina, or whatever. And, and he's still in that area, isn't he? Yeah, he's still there, and yeah. she's gone. Yeah. She's in Montana now. Yeah, kind of yeah. like on a life retreat. She something. is. She is. She was recently interviewed on WGN's morning show with Bob Surratt, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And Bob was touching base not only on what she does now, that was the springboard for the interview, but also he was very complimentary to her uh, doing what she did in the Chicago market and his competition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Um she had a bad deal with the fallout with her and Eric mm. and the radio station. Yeah. Women had it rough in radio, oh, especially yeah. in the 70s and, and in the 80s. <laughs> and in the 80s a little bit. I, I distinctly yes. remember that the only reason that a radio station would hire a woman, and this is what you hear in the halls, mm-hmm. right, is that they were going to be overnights to do sultry voice stuff or... If you were a jazz station, and that's it. And I'm going, damn, really? That was the GMs and the salespeople, because they had to go out and sell it. That was their conversations. And it made the rest of us just cringe. I, I think I worked with a substantial amount of women over the years, and I can't think of one station I worked with that we did not have at least one woman full-time the whole time I was there. I was that full-time woman at a number of stations, and it was just me Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. until Um, later. Typical. This is a show business Mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. You had to wear many hats. You still have to be a magician. In today's world, if you don't have the ratings, we're going to fire you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter. And in today's world... Generally, the whole woke community mm-hmm. <laughs> is trying to take that away. Mm-hmm. If you're bad, well, you, you can't let me go. I'm this. I'm that. Sorry. No. But, 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 but you know what? That's what it's coming to. I can see it on some of these television stations. They never hired that person. No. But they can't fire that person. Right. So that person expects to be there 30 years. And then on the 28th year, they fire them and they cry this, that, another thing. This is show business. Yes. I get fired. You get fired. The ratings aren't good. We're firing. Well, yeah, they cut you down to an hour show because the ratings are horrible. Right, mm-hmm. right. They do that to it, a man, too. And, you honest, know. and honestly, back in that day, the minute that you would go, oh, they would literally, the program director would literally spin around in his chair, pull out the Nielsen ratings or the Arbitron oh, ratings, yeah. and open it up to your day part. 
And then they would spin around and say, look at this box of cassettes or CDs or whatever that I have that's waiting for you to leave. Absolutely. They are waiting you to take you away and then they will step in. And that's just the raw. Yeah, that's the raw truth of it all. Okay, So let's move on. Let's get back to some more history. (laughs) Um, So Eric Ferguson left. Sean Phillips shortly departed afterwards. In comes John Lee. And John Lee's there from 92 to 93. He's a pro. Good-looking guy from down south. Did a lot of advertisements uh, outside of this business and stuff. Matter of fact, you'll still see him once in a while on one of those. We got siding here, folks. (laughs) We got all this siding. Look at this. Uh, You know, he's one of those kind of guys. Was he a previous TV guy before he came to us? I don't know how much TV he did. Just curious. And he is the guy whose daughter, who used to be a little girl coming into the radio station, is she was popular in a band. This is the person that Lisa Dent was talking about. Yes. Amy Lee of Evanescence. That is correct. Okay. So John Lee came into play. Again, I'm, I'm going to my little list here. This was, I can't remember who was the program director at the time and who See, was. I have no help for you on there. Sorry, Chuck. Um, <laughs> but somewhere in the play, the new station manager was coming in. Was that oh. Elliot? That was Bob Elliott. Bob Elliott. Okay. Because okay. I think when John Lee left, Bob Elliott was there at the helm. And he took David Salisbury's place? That would be correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And what was David Salisbury's official title? General manager. General, general manager. manager. Okay. Um, schmoozer for the radio station. Yeah, he could work a room, oh, yeah. man. That uh, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, Rest in peace, David. Sometimes David would say the wrong things in mixed crowds. But you know what? I love the man to death, yeah, and he too. gave me a lot of breaks. I'll tell you, and, and I, and I might have really said this. Good to me too, I might have said this in other things, um, but I've seen it. A guy needed some money for rent. A guy needed some money for a car. He'd walk him into Linda and tell him, "Give him this amount of money, and you know, divide it up for a year or something out of his paycheck." Very kind man. A lot of nice, kind people throughout the yeah. thing. And Mr. Nolte, too, you know, we'd get, go in there and see him for his annual review. And, you know, as a kid, I just wanted to say hi and be kind and walk out and go do my thing. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't really, what I didn't have the maturity to sit there. Now, Riley could go in and put his feet up on his desk and talk to him. What was he like? He would kind of remind you, and everybody's going to tell us, say this one, of... Uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, kind of like that. But if you sat down and you talked to him, he was interesting a little bit. He'd tell a story. He would love something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I wish I had more time, and I wish I had the maturity yeah. to sit there and talk to him. Well, he left a legacy. Yeah, and, sure. and, and we did speak at some other things, you know, some dinners and stuff, and... Um, you got to just watch your P's and Q's around them because that's the boss and you want to work here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you loved it here. And so that's it. All right. Let's move on with more history. Riley O'Neill stepped over for a little bit. Riley was on FM? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I think yeah. that was after he was doing afternoons on the AM. Oh. He did mornings on the FM for a little bit of a stint. 
and then jump back. I mean, it, it's all backgammon or chess or checkers yeah. because you're always trying to fill holes. Oh, right. And that's sometimes what happens. Yeah. Okay. And just going off of John's list in April 95, Steve Shannon came into play. Oh, mm-hmm. my. It's been that long. And Steve Shannon is still on WZOK. Yeah. Wow. I did not realize it was that long ago. He dated the girl that lived across the street from us for a time. Uh, I was over there uh, for something that was neighborly type of thing. And I walked in the back and there sat Steve Shannon on the deck. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me and, you know, we know each other, that type of thing. But it's like, you're not supposed to be here. So you don't immediately recognize it. And I went over and extended my hand to shake his hand, and he pulled back because he had just been severely sick with the flu. And I thought for a split second, I'm going, damn, that's awful rude. But then he described to me, he goes, hey, I'm really sick. I don't want to give you anything. But we always had a really good time talking in the neighborhood, and then she moved away, and I haven't seen him since. <clears throat> I, I wow. recently saw him and I said, you know, Steve, I held this radio station's hand for many years and I really handed it over to you. Yeah, yeah. And now you've held it. For 27 know. years. One thing I got to say about Steve Shannon is he, again, falls into that category of DJ and master of ceremonies. And he can come out and work a crowd, work a room, and he does it really well. And that's what you need to be the diversity mm-hmm. of being not only a good DJ, but a good MC too. You know, and the struggle of this too that I just realized is the longer that you're there, you're getting older, the desire for pressing the flesh is not the same when you're 24 years old. So when you go, oh, geez, you know, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing this? Well, my God, think of yourself. You're not doing this, that, and the other, and you've been working at this place for 30 years. I see what you're talking about. And actually, pressing the flesh and getting out and doing the MCs and the remotes and stuff is harder work than most people realize. My thing was life was slowing down, and I didn't have every Saturday off. I didn't have every Sunday off because of my schedule rotated. And eventually I just got, you know, well, we're putting it out for the whole two months. You know, well, I can't tell you exactly when I want to work anymore on yeah. – so eventually I just kind of got written down and written off. And the guy who was the program director at the time in 2010 asked me to come back and do a shift. And I said, you know, I'd like to do a shift so I could round out my 30 years. Oh, sweet. Uh, but I was already taken off the payroll. But I'm still on the website as an announcer, you know. <laughs> so I was already taken off the payroll. So they paid me in a gift card or something, oh, you know. So I did one more, and I think that was the last shift I did. In 2010? Yes. I would still love to be on the radio today on my terms. Um, Obviously not uh, something steady. And if you don't know me by now, I am retired. Uh I'm 62 years old. I'd be wintering in Florida and coming back, and it would be nice to be on a little bit. You know what I care about is that they're doing well. That's all I care. You know, I don't have to get into big, lengthy conversations. I'm glad when I'm, I've got all these people on, on my Facebook and they pop something up one, every once in a while because that means they know they're doing well. Mm-hmm. And I know we've asked this of a number of people, too. Mm-hmm. If you could go on the air with one person 
in your past, living or dead, who would it be? Now, I think Tim has changed this around and said, if you could go to lunch with somebody, who would it be and where would you go? But I want to know if you could be on the air with someone, who would it be? You could do an air shift and lunch because, you know, everybody's hungry when they're done. (laughs) That's true. I'd love to hear from Bobby B. Soder. I'd love to hear from Man Mountain Walker. Those are the two. So you could do a show with those two guys. Main guys that I would love to reconnect with and just talk about some of the history that we did. Now, there's another cat, Rich Cantu is out there. He does news. He was in the news department back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, Rich, uh, you might see him doing a a gig on ABC News or something. Mm -hmm. We used to go out to dinner afterwards at Hollywood after a show or something. (laughs) Where would you go now? Where would you take um, Bobby B. Soder? Well, any non-COVID infected restaurant (laughs) that I could find. Um, I don't know. That I don't know. I guess those are the guys I'd like to reconnect with. There's there's a few others that I'd like to know. There's a cat named Doug Grant. I'd like to know whatever happened to Doug. I was going to go through. This is a, kind of a wrap-up and, and just give a shout-out to all the people that I worked with. Go uh, for it. You know, go through the years, you know, the the Mark Larsons and the, uh, the Joe James with Joe Bowie's in Freeport. Mm-hmm. You got Shotgun. That that was a great name, Mark Elliott. I miss Johnny Marks. Yeah. We had a lot of great times together. A lot of these guys, you know, just going through this whole FM thing. There was a Kevin Kenny. Did you know Kevin Kenny? I did know Kevin Kenny. I think Kevin's a lawyer now somewhere around here. Do you remember Jeff Jansen? Jeff Jansen from Savannah, Illinois. Yeah. I like to know how Jeff is doing. He and I worked together at WFRL and WXXQ in Freeport. What a sweet guy. Great guy. Easy going. Yeah. You heard that on the air, too. He was incredibly smooth. Never got excited. Mm -hmm. He was not one of those hot jocks at all. He was just maintained. I see Jim LaBelle on. I've seen Tim Fox. For a number of years, I was going to Minnesota for the Conclave every summer. Sure. And so I see a lot of the Kippers, the Steve Brills, Mm -hmm. the Bradfurs, a lot of the people still working in the industry. You know, we'd meet up there, Joe Soto and I and Jim Mulvaney, we'd drive up there every year. Those boys. Those characters. I would love to know where MJ Ryan is. Michael Gosnell was his name. I didn't know that. Yeah. Miss Arthur, who's no longer with us, he would be a fun guy to Mm -hmm. sit and talk to and just laugh. Jeff Davis is down south somewhere. It's nice to see him on Facebook. Tim Fox, I still, you know, on Facebook and see him. Is Tim still in the industry? I believe so. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, on the ZOK side, I'm trying to get all these ZOK people that work there. So in case they are listening. <laughs> uh, Why do you leave me out? You know, Lisa Dent, myself. Uh, of course, Steve Summers was in the, the mix, too. And his little buddy, uh, Jesse. Jesse Garcia? And Yeah. Yep. Jesse is running a radio station, a country formatted radio station, and I think it's Lafayette, Indiana. I think. There's another cat that worked on the AM side when we were going through some troubled times with one operations director. Jim Schaefer was his name. Mm. Love to see Jim. Love Kipper. Love his wife, Barb. Um, do you remember the name Lee Carrick? Oh, ha! Ha! <laughs> what do you think, ha? Huh? <laughs> uh, love to see him. He another good guy, Jerry Heckler. I stay in touch with Jerry Heckler. Uh, wasn't Jerry Ohio now? 
He is out Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Area, okay. So I stay in touch with him. Ooh, who else worked there that we liked? <laughs> we <laughs> liked. Not, not that we liked, but we just, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, there's a, a guy that we didn't mention here, Scott Chase. I don't know him. Chase. He was a program director. When he came in, the station went alive again. Great guy, programmed out of Florida and came up here. And he had a, a child here, and we still stay in touch. He was in Clarksville, Tennessee last, and then he went up to, uh, he's in Michigan. My uh, ride or die is Ron Beck. He's still in town. Great guy, great radio, worked at LUV with us. He was one of the guys that if you always say Ron Beck, what's the first thing that pops in your head? He was an incredible music mixer. So he would be at the bars and he would do such an incredible job of blending the beats. And it was maybe a year ago. Remember when I called you and I says, hey, have you got some information Mm -hmm. on Ron Beck? Because I found a reel-to-reel that they just put up and started recording all of his music at um, Shooters. And this was, God, 1981 or something. So I digitized it and sent him over to him because he did such a beautiful job every time. And he, he was a computer guy and helped us uh, navigate a lot during the computer era oh. when radio went to computers. Oh, didn't uh, know that. He was very forward thinking on that. And we're still good friends. So we used to have lunch every Saturday till our favorite place, TGI Friday, shut down. And we, <laughs> then we stopped. That's <laughs> sad. But going on with some other good people, um, there's a guy named Ken Franzen that he was a program director there for a short period of time great old school radio there's a guy by the name of john st john i remember him his name was roy janes in real life uh when you he, mentioned that ron beck was at wluv uh do you know just maybe a, a couple weeks ago i touched base with tony Clyburn. do you remember mm-hmm, tony mm-hmm. he went on to wyfe and randy osborne he also went on to wyfe these are all wluv people that we've known when we were 16, 17 years old, Clint Wooten down in Nashville. Years and years and years, they they crop up, and it's so cool. And we talked a little bit about Steve Brill. He was another great guy that kind of came through there. Mark McClure, Greg Strassel. I can't say enough about Greg and the fun we had because we were all young people at the time. Mm-hmm. Chuck Diamond, of course, I can't say enough about that guy. But I'm looking at more of the ZOK guys that just weren't quite – there very long and stuff. Lane Bloyd. Love Lane Bloyd. Big J. Kelly. And unfortunately, he's just not with us anymore. And you know who mentioned him is the last person that sat in the chair you're sitting in is Howard Hall. Had no idea who people know. And he was one of them that he was running this list down. It's like, man, there is a name that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I love the root for the underdog. And Lane was an underdog because... He was a very large person, but he could get on the air and he could do a wonderful job. And he loved listening to the radio. Yep. You know, he wasn't treated all that well because of that. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that you want on the air, but one time they wanted him to go to personal appearances and he didn't want to go. Yeah. The the guys, come on. Yeah. Just let me stay in the room and do my thing. Which there's the, a lot of people the like P- that in the and industry. And the PD wanted him to do this. And I'm like, to, and so PD, what are, you, what are you, nuts? Yeah. You know, you got a great talent here. Don't just screw let it him, up. Yeah, just yeah, let him be on the up. air. No. 
And no. so uh, I, I can remember him well. Rick Johnson? Yes. Rick is the one that's, that's in the band. Remember I was telling you about that band? Yeah. Stabbing Westward. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so know. Rick Johnson would come and yeah. his wife. Yes. No, no longer his wife. She was a doll. Yeah, Rick was on with me. Rick was on in my era. And then, of course, you had Carol, and then um, some of these other names that kind of flew in and flew out. Yeah. Our friend from the roller skating rink, Dave Johnson. Yes. Uh, Scott Manning. Oh, yes. I remember Scott. Scott Manning. I think Hi, Scott, if you're listening out there. I think he was on some kind of a network for a while. Really? There was another cat, Mike Welsh. I remember him. R.O.K. He was on a network. He's no longer with us either. Hmm. John Whalen is no longer with us. John Whalen, an extreme, extremely talented big market radio announcer. Yep. Management skills. He was a program director too, wasn't he? Yes, he was a program director, an operations director. Do you know rumor has it? From it's either Ken DeCoster or Lisa Fielding told us this because they have sort of a posse of about half a dozen people. They said that Diane Drake has this. Yes, she does. It's a list of the ghosts of ZOK. Really? I'd love to see it. Diane, I'd love to see it. (laughs) I'd love to see that because, um, unfortunately, before he died, John Whalen, he had posted something about another death of one of our members and. And he said it so elegantly that, you know, when somebody, one of our friends die, it just makes our time clock tick a little louder. Mm-hmm. Adley Russ was a big part of ZOK, mm-hmm. a big part mm-hmm. of the thing. He He's no yeah, longer with exactly. us. Yeah. Um, Did you know John Whalen was the originator of our former employee's Facebook page? He's turned the administrative duties over to, to Jan Thorpe yeah. and Rick Carner yeah. and, and Kelly Ryan, but he was the originator. I'll tell you what, John was the morning guy in ROK early, then left, and then, you know, out in the San Francisco. He's the one that brought Raleigh James in. She's on a network. She's not on WGN. She's on a network, and WGN picks her up. So how many stations do you think is part of the network? I don't know. you just you got a computer in front of you. I don't Google I stuff. I used to listen to the Raleigh <laughs> James show when she was on... Um, satellite. I remember come, watching her come in. Most of these guys, when he brought these people in, they were in between gigs. Well, I can't work in this market, so I can't work. In, uh, he brought in Charlie O'Neill. Did he really from WMAQ? WMAQ's Charlie O'Neill. No! He was kicked out of the market in Texas. Wow. And that's Raleigh James in a She used to work here at R-O-K-Z-O-K. Yeah, yeah, R-O-K. Oh, Uh, fun. But she had already was a major talent. Oh, okay. And she was in between a gig or something. Matter of fact, Joe Soto could tell you a funny story. Her boyfriend at the time was running for president of the United States as an independent. She dated John Anderson? (laughs) I don't know. No, it was was ever. And and Joe Soto used to go up and say, hey, you know, he, he... if you get it, can I be this? Can I be that? And it, w- it was a funny deal. But he also brought in Charlie O'Neill, who was, you know, in between a gig, you know, where I can't work in this market or any one of the markets that my station owns. I love Charlie. He was here for a while. Another guy by the last name of Rivers was here. Tom Rivers. Was it Tom Rivers? Yeah. And here's a little story with Tom. It's T-O-M-M. I don't think I've ever met him. But when I went up to Minneapolis and had our storyteller studio with Kelly Ryan, she put it on whatever her posting is saying, hey, I just did this with Tim, blah, blah, blah. He somehow picked up on it. 
he was going to be in the area for a wedding of a niece or something like that. It was like two weeks later, they got together for dinner and had a fantastic time. But they worked together before, what was it, Tom Gray and Bill Shannon and Kelly went up to Minneapolis from ROKNZOK. So it was a nice little added benefit. Well, this Tom Rivers was an older guy, and he came in and he was doing some ZOK afternoons here and there. And and I seen him a couple of times. He'd be in the production room and in back. And but he was a funny jock, you know, that did his funny jock stuff. So one day I was to come in after him. I go into the ZOK studio, and there's those huge reel to reels. Oh yes. And he was doing his his show was on reel to reel. He tracked it back in the day? Yes, he tracked no. it. He had to go somewhere or something or something. Oh, he was only there a short time, a bunch of fill-ins. But he was a major talent. I still have a picture of John Whalen when he was doing some event of some sort down at Northern Illinois University in DeKalb. You know, like a walk-a-thon or some kind of a dance-a-thon or something like that. I had, had not worked at the radio station yet, but I had heard about it. And so I went down, and there he is emceeing this event with the mayor of DeKalb. And I'm going to tell you something. When he was doing, back in the 70s, when he was doing ROK Morning, and I was working for a, a mobile DJ company. Mobile DJ company had this thing with the kids, and they asked John Whalen to stop by, and he stopped by, and of course he's having a he has Sansa belt pants and that kind of stuff, and he's having <laughs> cocktails with the with the family members at this bar. It was the Knights of Columbus. He's having some bar cocktails and stuff, and then you know, he comes in to do his cameo. You know, I play in the DJ gig to the kids. He comes in his cameo, and he's got his cocktail, and he's got the mic. Say, hey, 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 kids, remember, they don't call it dope for nothing, okay? Oh, no. Yeah. They don't call it dope for nothing, okay? <laughs> so don't get into it. I'll see you later. This is John Whalen. Exit stage right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fun times. We had fun times there for many years. We capitalized on as much as we could. Uh, the radio station's not going to pay as much, you know, and that's just how it was. But there was a whole different level of pride that I think you and I share with being natives. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and now we've got a job at the big gun. It's it's just and, one of and, those cool and the things. Notice, they they had me there because I took care of their stuff. You know, I wasn't a guy coming from out of town. Mm-hmm. I had a vested interest, and I try not to do things that would reflect badly on the radio station or anything. And we had lots of fun and did lots of concerts. Back in the 80s, the bands were touring great. That was wonderful. When you were there, we were doing stuff all over. That's what made this radio station so great. Now, I'm going to end that part, and I'm going to go into this little part. I said, hey, you want to stay in this business? You better learn to program, and better learn that computer. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. com- computers were new. Yeah. And I remember at one time, we were, all we were playing off of them were just the commercials. We had some of the computers. We didn't have much of the computers back then. We were playing the CDs off the Denons. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And then we would go to the computer. The Scott system was first just the, co- just the commercials. And then we finally got into the music part, and then we all did it manually. But back in my day, early on, you had to have somebody there 24-7 if you wanted to. Well, Handwriting on the wall, folks. Yeah. You see that one button that says auto? <laughs> There's not going to be somebody overnight mm-hmm. here soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't behave yourself and don't get in trouble and, and, and stuff, 
We uh, came from automation. Sooner. We can go back to automation. Yeah, right. Because yeah. exactly. all that is is that one button there in the Scott Studio. This is auto. And the next thing you know, yeah. it runs all the way. And yeah. now that's what yeah. they do. Yep. And that's unfortunately, exactly that's exactly it. Technology has changed the world. And who listens to the radio anymore? You ask Kipper, he'll say, well, read bandwidth, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But in Rockford Market, and that's the only one I'm concerned right now, talk radio is the highlight of the radio business, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you got to get on it and listen to talk radio. But podcasts is really getting strong. Which is why we've got one going on, Storyteller yeah, I mean, Studio. Here, you know, this could have been a reunion weekend. The music-wise... The Music options have changed, Chuck. Yeah, absolutely. And it changed when it, it came with Cirrus XM. It changed with technology. Technology, it yeah, with Apple with techno- Podcasts, Apple Music, Amazon Music. These kids yeah. are not listening to the radio. Here's a couple of things. Uh, Kipper McGee has got a podcast with the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And he had a guest on. I cannot remember his name. I want to say his last name was Brown, but I'm, I'm not real sure. But anyway, this guy just knows a lot about what you're talking about, where people are going to get their content, what the trends are, so on and so forth. And he said some series of numbers. There are 4.2 million podcasts registered. Oh, wow. But there are only 2.2 million that have been activated, that actually have got something uploaded to them. So outside of that 2.2 million, it really skyrocketed over the pandemic, obviously, that there is 103,000 out of that 2.2 million that have actually uploaded anything in the last month. So it's one thing to do it and to register and to have all that good intentions. It's another thing if you're not putting current Content. content. That goes for our website. That goes for a blog. That goes for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But Tommy Edwards, who used to work at WABC in New York, and, of course, we know him from WLS in Chicago. Um, when I saw him on a panel, Wendy Snyder said, where do you see the future of radio? And he says, I believe that it is all going to be content-driven. He said, if that person wants that content, doesn't matter what you're talking about, they will walk over coals, whatever they have to do to go get wherever that content is. Because it doesn't have to be on a CD. It doesn't have to be on a cassette. It doesn't have to be on an 8-track as long as you like the song. If you suck at what you're talking about, then it doesn't matter how many times you do it, people are not drawn to it. But let's talk about this real quick, too. And, and, and this is a positive towards radio. You can have an iPod with... 10,000 songs, 20,000 songs. Which you do. (laughs) Which I do. (laughs) I've seen it. You can hit play. But there's something different about impending what's going to come up next. Mm -hmm. With that little DJ in the middle of it. But it's not the same as listening to the radio. Nope. There's a liveliness to it. Yes. And and we said that when we were back on WLUV. We could sit and play these songs in our bedroom or our living room or our basement all day long. So why do we come into the radio station and do it? It's because there's an urgency feeling. There's a lively feeling that it's hard to describe to people. And there's this gamble of rolling the dice of what's next. But now we have that at 60-something years old. 
But do young people have that? And then I'm not sure they are because they're not growing up with that. Mm-hmm. So they're growing up where they can take their device and they can listen to the song they want or some kind of a random playlist. And they can do that on Pandora or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we... And they can stop it in the middle and change it if they want to. Absolutely. Whereas we can't and couldn't. So who's listening to radio? We're back to that. People in the cars. Pretty soon the cars will be without radios. Mm-hmm. Someday. They've already taken away my CDs out of They them. have. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, I'm really they, not happy about because I have tons of those. They have. Yeah. But, um, but on the but, flip side yeah. of that, because I was aggravated when they also took the CD out of my wife's car, you yeah. know, the one that she bought. And I says, you didn't, you didn't ask them? You didn't double check on that? She goes, I don't play CDs. So you see. Uh, yeah, right? some that do and some that don't. So, yeah. so the flip side to that is, and Johnny Marks told me about this. He goes, if you got a vehicle that doesn't have a CD player in it, yeah, don't worry about thumb it. Thumb drive. You put it on a thumb drive yeah. and you put it in your charging unit and it show and so that shows up on a thumb drive. That's what I've done. And I took that library that I have because Johnny told me about this and I said because we share things all the time and I says if you want me to copy all that over and send it up to you I'd be more than happy to. And so now he's got songs from the 60s that I had that he hasn't heard in a long time. So it's a it's a I nice swap. I just want to say hi Johnny. Hope you're having a good time. We're going to hook up one day, all right? I'll come up. We'll bring Tim, too. <laughs> so now I'm a radio taxi service. Yeah. That's what I am. And I want a piece of Rocky Rococo's, because Rocky Rococo's had a place right by that the radio sure station. Did. And yeah. we would go we over there. all the time. I, I would go over there, get my lunch, come back, and eat in that little thing before I went on the air in the yeah. afternoons and stuff. Yeah. Is that the uh, pivotal uh, decision, whether we do a road trip to Madison, is whether they still have a Rocky Rococo? Oh, they still have it there. They do. So you know this. this. Not, uh, you know pivotal. this. Okay. It's, so, it's folks, on that note, they're uh, going to look at their calendars. But, uh, and unfortunately. <laughs> um, and choose our toppings. Yeah. Corporations has taken over radio stations. Everything is reciprocal. Someday they'll go back to the local owners, and then you'll see change. Right. And I think any radio station that plays music, even plays music in a market like this, should get very local because that's what the other people can't do. That's right. If I was doing this radio station, I'd have people at night going to the high schools and recording people, put them on at night, and, and, and maybe have a promotion that, hey, we listen this is to the high school yeah. promotion. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, know the secret code. And tonight I'm going to give it at this time. And... And you got to do local giveaways. If I could do an album a week, well, no, we don't have albums. CD, oh, we don't have CDs. If I could give something every hour all weekend long, that would make this thing go again. Mm -hmm. Um, Every day, local, 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 because people are still listening in their cars. Right. And they're listening to work and from work. And And you know me well enough that you're preaching to the choir when you're telling this to Liz and I. But on the other hand, in their defense, and I don't like to defend the current corporate radio that much, that's much more work. And it costs money. It It costs money. money. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for coming in. Really, really appreciate the second sit down because I learned a lot about WZOK. We're getting into my nap time. (laughs) Hey, so anybody listening that wants to get a hold of me, get a hold of me. You know what? I wish you all the best out there, especially people I worked with for many years. And um, I'm still a radio guy at heart. You're always going to be a radio guy, Chuck. You're always going to be my radio guy. I just learned something that I have this. I have reoccurring dreams, and many of uh, many of us do. We do. 
And it's always, I'm on the air somewhere. I don't know and where. And the air alarm comes on. That's uh, mine. <laughs> um, the song is running out. I can't find the next song. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's all post-traumatic stress syndrome that's leaving the body. Eventually, it will go away. You and think so? It'll yes, go away? And it's all stuff that's driven into you about dead air, about, yeah. oh, my God, I got to hit the next song. It's all these factors. Okay, so I spent 30 years seeing blood, guts, and gory and, and nasty stuff. Do you think I have those dreams? No. You have can't find the next album. And, I can't and find the damn song. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Now, I have some post-traumatic stress syndrome from the fire department where I'm back there and I can't find my gear. Where's my gear? we got to go on this call. I have that kind of oh. stuff, or I left this or okay. that. I have two bad dreams, <laughs> and one of them is that. So if you got that radio, folks, it's post-traumatic stress syndrome, but it's leaving the body, and it will eventually go away. And, and there you, we go. We learned something else new from go. Chuck Doyle. Thank you. Hey, all those people I worked with, thank you. 20 years from now, when somebody says, my grandpa worked at that radio station, and they're trying to do a, a paper about them or something, so they listen to this podcast or something. That's what we hope. And uh, I worked with goal. your grandfather. He was a great guy. You worked with my a grandfather? Great. Wow. Great okay. No, I'm telling the kid. I, the I know. I did learn something new, didn't I? <laughs> I'm telling the kid in the future. I know. I'm messing with you. Love okay. It. Love it. All right. See you all on the radio. And like Casey said... Keep your feet on the ground and reach for the stars. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storyteller's Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting.